Tactical Crouch, 269. However, the only set of two eyeballs that are going sideways are a certain Spark fan's uh, eyes when they see the placement. Hello, Kenobi. Welcome to the wow. show. Wow. What, what an intro. Thank you so much. You're welcome. A, You're what welcome. What an absolutely fantastic <laughs> intro. Of course, I had to be back here to gloat about the Spark at some point. but it, it, It's true. I don't, think, I don't think you would have let me not. Uh, no, I but this, have, no. I, There was like a number of times he's just like elbowing me in the stands like, hey. <laughs> So, uh, when are we, how about, about them <laughs> spark six? I don't know. How, how did you feel like standing and predicting all that is bad in the world and making it come? <laughs> I, come I, I just, I mean, it's, it's hard to be burdened with this amount of knowledge about right. the Chinese overwatch region. So mm. like, you know, I just, it's a burden I have to bear and you know, sometimes I'm wrong, sometimes I'm right. And that's just kind of how it goes. It's true. It's true. I think you spoke it into existence. I think you need to be very careful with, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the holidays, a certain holiday kind of, you know, uh, being out of season, you know, the, uh, the, the galactic ley lines or the, the barrier between reality, maybe, uh, uh still a little thin. So be careful with, uh, that kind of power, great power, great responsibility, something like that. Star Wars, Spider-Man, whoever the fuck said it. I think that was, ah, don't worry about it. Anyways. Um, yeah, so we're here, 269. Um, how do we like playoffs before we get into some big topics? I know that there's some roster moves out there. I know we have a new hero, apparently, to talk about. Um, but I think first things first, uh, finals. Yay, nay. How do we like it? Butterfingers, huh? But, Butterfingers. Best fun. I think one of the coolest things was that, like, uh, honestly, side t- tangentially, the the, uh, uh-huh. the Butterfinger thing was really, really fun. Like in, when they were chanting like Butterfinger and it became the loudest chant, like I thought it was just yeah. really cute. And uh, I wonder at like some point if we're going to get like a Butterfinger skin. I saw like concept art for it and I was like, <laughs> that, you know, I'd, I'd be so down for something like that. But uh, overall, going back to the grand finals, obviously, I think you probably have to say this was the best grand finals we've ever had. At least for Overwatch League end of season finals, I don't think mm-hmm. it's the best series because I think. No. The best series is uh, Paris Fusion during the Genji meta. For like sure. me, that's like the where I would like rank one. But it's very close, I think, um, mm. between both of these. And after all, like the really pretty awful grand finals we've had going into this one, it was nice to like have one where it was like, ah, like this is like very close. We don't know who's gonna win like immediately. It's going all seven, um, and so that was really nice. And I think the quality of play was also very good between all the teams so mm. i think that definitely the best grand finals we've had for an overwatch league season at the end uh and definitely what i would say is probably on mount rushmore for like greatest overwatch series of all time sure i know that you know kenobi and i were you know uh, 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 on scene in the in the arena so i think on our, the ground our, yeah we're on the ground you know <laughs> uh but how is like the the online viewership yes was it you know did the did the butterfinger chance come through was it did it feel as like anti-marketing success as, as it felt like it was in the arena? Because I feel like a lot of people took it and kind of ran with it. And they seem to have some fun with it. at least. Yeah, I think like there was a lot of interest into the technology there because like, I don't know if you guys could see it on the big screen, but it was a little wobbly. You know, it's we like saw that, it. that yeah, yeah, we 4D saw thing the, like, the, yeah, yeah, I, I still I think that's that's the future. 
it should have. I think it happened in Serial already a little bit before. I think realistically, it's it, in League Two. I think. Yeah, yeah I, it yeah, should yeah. just yeah. be part of the map if we're being honest, right? Yes. Like eventually, yes. that should just be the case. And um, but yeah, for now, like I, I, this this was of course like a good sign. I don't know that much about Butterfinger. I don't think they're available in Germany either. Um, but not great. They're they're not, pretty mid. Yeah. They just get stuck in your teeth. They right. are. Really I mean, they're fantastic. Shout outs, Butterfinger in the Overwatch League. Uh, continue to give us your money. <laughs> I would say, like, you, got, you guys know the Discord, you know, viewership experience. I wouldn't dare to, like, you know, lie to you guys and say that this stream was ever unmuted. But other than during the grand final, I would say. Um, but the, the, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think generally speaking, it was a final. It was nice to be back. Uh, sure. Definitely some questions about the the content. I guess, let, let me ask you this guy, you, you guys this, because in my mind, a lot of that content was just like, okay, let's do something fun for the audience and the audience then will carry the, uh, sorry, the live audience. And then the reaction of the live audience yeah. will then carry the atmosphere onto the stream. And that's the best we can do here. Yes. How, I did like, it, oh, go ahead. Re real quick how for instance did something like how was the hero dances or the um the translators how were they sorry, sorry translator um like the the voice actors how were they received these these interviews and these like non esportsy but like yeah. type of activation yeah. things i think a lot of that stuff um the the voice actor interview i think stands kind of separated from um the like in-person in yeah. like vamp fill activity to kind of keep people engaged i don't know that that's necessarily something that i would like to see pushed to broadcast a lot of the time i'd like to see more of like prepared video content be used in place of that because I, what i think that does and i hate that we're getting you know too deep in the weeds with this but i think what that's for is just to keep the live audience like entertained and like yes. the energy yeah, up agree. but like <clears throat> yeah it's not necessarily for the you know, the viewership, like the viewership doesn't care about, you know, it, it's funny to see like, oh, they're doing the, the cabbage patch and like he's doing the Carlton. Wow. Cool. Funny. <laughs> or they're doing pushups. Crazy. Like we're doing the wave for 10 minutes. You know? Yeah. So it, I, I think it's literally just to keep like people, you know, uh, excited to, to keep people engaged. That's just the live audience. That yeah. Is. I, th I think for that type of content makes perfect sense for me for a live audience. Yeah. I was a little disappointed that we didn't get more dope stuff um sure i mean I, I, let's be honest like being an overwatch fan in 2022 despite overwatch 2 coming out still in terms of esports content feels like you're the child outside the toy store pressing <sighs> their nose yeah. against the the glass right like yeah. going like i don't know if you guys just saw it like, just came out like two hours ago it's like a trailer with um melon jazzy from c9 white and they're talking mm -hmm. to Baby Bay, and they're doing like car car drifts, or something. yeah, yeah. Like that's for game changers, right? Yeah. Like that that type of production. I just would love to see that back because it had season one uh, Overwatch yes. League vibes. I like I saw that video and I was like, I know that that movie concept. It's the Seagull movie, yeah. uh, like <laughs> or video, right? So yeah. I I'd love to see stuff like that back. I would even go. I'm. I'm. I'm currently debating, and I'm a bunch. I'm asking around a bunch of people involved, mm. um, and maybe uh, it's also very possible that I'm just personally out of touch. 
um, with what fan bases want. But in my mind, I feel like we're now in a place. Overwatch 2 is probably within the upper quartile of what we could have expected it to hit. 35 million uh, players, the game plays well. We knew it wasn't going to, you know, be super extensive, but like we're keeping up with the schedule. Yeah, there's some some moaning about the monetization, whatever. But like in in the grand scheme of things, I think we're we're living in one of the better realities of how this could have gone. So the game is figured out. Um, we're having the live viewerships boosted by the viewership incentives and everything. The game has now stopped being our bo- bottleneck. It's no longer about the game. It's now. Now the bottleneck for me is the content we put on the broadcast. And sure. that's a half-baked take. I, I got to collect a little bit more uh, opinions, but that's basically like where my gut feeling is. And it's totally, po- dude, I'm a 35-year-old motherfucker that has been in esports way too long and goes like, oh, the, like tries to find inspiration in, in, the, in the story. And that's probably not what people watch esports for anymore. So maybe I'm wildly out of touch and they're, they're definitely different esports concepts, but I think, um, generally speaking, it's, it, it, I, I think we can, we can ramp it up. I hope you, we, we get, this is of course not, a, you know, like a criticism towards the talent that is working there. Oh, it's, it's okay. a resource thing, right? Like a re- allocation and a, a strategy thing. Um, but yeah, I, I wish we not just started doing that type of broadcast content, I just hope our broadcast po- uh, product also starts pushing the envelope again in, in some ways, right? Sure. Let's say, yeah, yeah. like, if we, we were to come back to Twitch, man, do I want a c- command center back, for instance, right? Oh, yeah. I loved command center. So good. Um, I think, I think, <clears throat> like, I, I can't help but feel like I, watching the proper first person POV, even while no dude you guys know how much i hate spoilers and how much it ruins the series sure i was like when i watched the pov of proper i was like i was i was re reliving not reliving no i i was experiencing something new a new viewership experience of that grand final and that's such a unique experience i i feel like that's the way overwatch should be like where Mm -hmm. uh, in, in some ways it almost feels like we're we're a br where you want the first yep. person uh, yeah. over the third, I, you know you will probably hate this Kenobi because, like, at best you're then the co-stream caster that goes like, "I'm the DPS caster." Maybe I switch between yeah, DPS. No. Right? That's, that's, no, I need my I need my free cam a little bit in my third person for sure. To make it work. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> there's also a world where you know Joe and I probably would fucking love just having a third person. Uh, sorry, like a top down. You know, just like top down, top down yeah. like well, never see FPS. Did they have that in Command Center? I remember. Or yeah, yeah, they, they did. Topped out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I think like that would be interesting, especially like if you have different characters that, you know, to portray that. And maybe you have some infighting between the DPS chats and like the, the macro brains and, you know, like the, what, what they all deem to be sure. very important and whatnot. I think that would be interesting. That would be something that could be pushing the envelope a little bit. But yeah, I think overall, um, I mean, Jesus Christ, like, just a massive improvement um like eric i'll bring it up in a second but like our viewership is of course the biggest it has ever been actually like and this is just esports charts so this is just 
Western audiences. We have to assume like the Eastern audiences were also big. Um, there's another thing like Overwatch is back high up in the Pishi banks, uh, Korea. That's positive. Biggest yep. biggest grand finals ever. Most watch playoffs ever. Um, of course, there's always some chicanery with like the AMA numbers and depending on how long your playoffs were. I think this time around they were just regular length. I don't think there was anything that elongated the broadcast time. Um, so that's that's that counts. Like I think that's mm -hmm. legitimately not fudging or anything. The only thing that, of course, like the elephant in the room is like how many of those people were actively watching, not just like idling for skins. Sure. Then again, like don't get off my back because that's every esport now. Yeah, everybody does this. Yeah, this is not new. Incentives. It's not like a just an Overwatch thing. No. This is not an us problem. Props wasn't a, this is like this a, is an esports problem. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, no. But from the online experience, like there's nothing much to complain. But there's also okay. wasn't that much to pog about other than the grand final. Good. All right. Did you pog at anything in the venue? What, what like what, what was the atmosphere like? What what was it like being in the venue? Very good. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> uh, I think that like when I was in there. Day one was like it was Thursday in the afternoon, like it, it wasn't as full. Friday though was like, um, I think the arena was pretty much all full, Joe. I if I remember Friday, Not like, were, yeah, for the last day, uh, mostly full. I would say I would say it was at least at least ninety percent capacity. Yeah, like there's there's some like upper upper seats that weren't you know necessarily filled. Yeah. But like anybody like near, if you could like see the ground, then like you were probably like there was yeah. a, there was a button in that seat, like very dense, um, throughout the entire arena, just the the upper seats probably. A little, and little I think bit that like, especially for me as a caster, whenever I hear crowds cheer for like anything, it's just like dopamine hit. Like it's mm -hmm. it's just there's like nothing comparative to it. Um, so for me, it was like just hearing that was probably like one of the best things and like in toronto it was kind of similar um because mm. i went to that one as well but this one was like the thing about toronto that was different was toronto was like a home venue yeah. thing and this was like every time something big happened no matter the team like they were here which i think is is nice usually like i think that that's um good for like a final like this where it is you know a national event or like not a national but like global type of event, event where everyone's just there to like watch good overwatch and we did have a lot of good overwatch say whatever you want about the meta i thought that it was at least in the grand finals getting those seven maps i think was very good mm -hmm. the atmosphere was great uh and i think that the it was a really good experience for me and i was really glad that i won yeah huh. it was definitely i i want to echo a lot of those same sentiments and before we get a little bit too far into the playoffs i do want to give a proper introduction to the show so this is episode 269 brought to you by our fabulous patron producers avril vista bebe battle crab brief and bean bronze mob boo picasso chris r34444 fashion 67 lotion pork chops pork chop sammy rexane stuck in bronze and our youtube members i sam jello william jess fishman fire element six ak chris r brother stuck in bronze samuel spaza adam l and sagi fumi all right Continue with the playoffs. Like one question I had was about the meta and how it was perceived. Because once again, this is my this is my old chestnut. Okay, I'm I'm going to bring it out once again. Atlantic Showdown goats. Audience debated by Shatters because Shatter hits 
It hits right. a big yeah. one. The Lucio ult comes in, saves everyone, and is like, oh my god. First, like, big shatter. Pog. Oh no. Lucio beat. Aw. And then down the line, because you had to beat the shatter, that's actually still a good play. The yeah. the payoff is just delayed, and that's not great. The great dopamine uh, mechanism. Here, I felt, and you may think whatever you think about Sojourn, and she was fucking ridiculous, right? Oh, yeah. I feel like, theoretically speaking, if the the observers were first person on the Sojourn, that must have been Pog, because yeah. actually the correlation of that Sojourn hitting a headshot and actually teamfight outcomes is super high. That's one of the yes. most obvious like metas we've ever had, where good, oh, sure. like, good FPS play translates into win conditions. Yeah. Right? I think that it, we, especially with the two that we got with the two dps specifically it's very easy to just like kind of like reaper death blossom say whatever you want about reaper and being like a hero that's like you know boring or whatever sure. death blossom like when it hits like three people like it's just very easy to get the dopamine hit right it's very like and a lot of the times it's just like instantly you have that satisfaction where and like the sound is also very good for it right because you just like you hear the die 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 and you see the 3k and it's like fuck yeah that was like awesome right like so for new viewers, I think that definitely helped them as well. Winston, like, Primal, I think, is one thing that we got lucky with because we had really good Winstons, yeah. specifically. Like, if you have sure. Winstons who are, like, good at Primaling, like Gusha, Smurf, and, like, Fearless, right? You have those three, and it's, like, it is something that you can really get a lot of value mm -hmm. out of. The supports, it's, like, whatever, because it was Kirko and Sound Barriers are cool. If you Ajax, it's cool. But not a lot of people <sighs> knew, like, what Ajaxing is, like... Well, it's not cool to Ajax. Yeah. Um, not yeah. a lot of people know like the vernacular of Ajax that are probably new to this. Right. Um, so, yeah, I thought that you're right that there is like a good. Uh, there were a lot of times where like during the grand finals when you're like watching like Edison or Proper and it's like, yeah, this is fucking like awesome. Like, you know, as as much as Rail is probably so unfun to play against. Yes. Watching it's really fucking awesome. Like yeah. watching a good Sojourn is fucking so sick. Mm -hmm. here's, here's how I conceptualize the meta and how like there's probably I'm missing tons of complexity here but I feel like it must be nice to observe this meta to a degree because realistically you don't you don't ever need to be first person on Reaper none of what happens no. in first person is impressive right you probably don't need to be first person on Winston ever you do, probably don't need to be first person on Lucio a lot the only people that you need to be first person of is Kiriko to a degree, because mm -hmm. if you hit headshots there, that's Pog, and the Sojourns. And in that instance, I it felt like, okay, now we have a meta that's pretty cool to observe, and we have, like, let's be honest, like, a lot of people get attached to these personalities, and that's why, like, you know, a storyline like Shy could pop, because, you know, that kid is fucking ridiculous at that hero, right? So... I think in that, it was kind of a better meta to observe and as, an, uh, as a viewership experience that I had uh, initially given it credit for. I think, mm. realistically, the Reaper made it more readable. If you have this, the mm -hmm. Tracer, and thank you for Dallas Fuel for shutting that yeah. shit down, <laughs> but if you have the Tracer, <laughs> that makes it less readable, right? Oh, for sure. Now you bring up Shy, and I, you know, uh, I prepared a little something. Obviously, our guest last show, Kenobi, uh, had a, 
at the the right call to push spark and, and juice their their stonks up so i want us all to conjoin hands and and uh, embrace this prayer <clears throat> our spark which art in playoffs top four be thy name thy will be done on stage as is in heaven give us shy and his daily rails and forgive teru's flanks as we forgive everyone else's for not flanking and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from doubting a holy spark for thine kingdom or for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever amen spark's pretty good spark in this meta literally just in this meta when you can in have shy meta. go crazy and you have i think somebody who didn't get uh enough kudos i thought teru i think they had like a very interesting yes. uh style to them i thought yeah. uh, their game versus london was pretty interesting but yeah, yeah i mean this tournament up. was this up. tournament was the epitome of like what it's like to to be a spark fan because there's a very good possibility they go out ninth 12th and lose to toronto there's a very good possibility sure. shy had to literally get 98 percent of his team's kills throughout the entire series for them to win them yeah and he almost deadlifted like this was the most spark tournament ever because you always look at this team and you're like i said it last week or last time i was here they can either win the tournament or go ninth 12th which they almost did because they lo almost lost to Toronto yeah. in a map five where it went the complete distance and then Shy just had to just like pull out the backpack, right? They, mm. they were losing to like finale sojourn. It was yeah. like, well, what, well, what's happening here? And then they're like, oh, and then they beat that and then they beat that team and then they go and just run through the loser's bracket no problem until they hit the wall that is uh, the San Francisco Shock. Yeah. So like this team was like, this team is very frustrating to be a fan of. I... I said that they were going to get six. I didn't even think with all the copium that I was huffing. Sure. <laughs> that they were going to be able to get top four. There was like no way in my mind were they ever going to be able to do that. But they somehow did because I think Shy is just that good. Um, Gusha also on Winston, very good. I think you're right about Teru. I did really like like how they were playing the Winston or the, the Kiriko early on where they were using it more as like a flanker instead of just like Joe likes to call it uh, spicy Moira where you just kind of just throw out... Um, you just throw out your cards. You're just a heal bot. You, you're just a heal bot. I you like just that, like you know chunk they use Teru more as like a flanker a lot of the time, um, and kind of like almost like a pseudo engage where they're just like Kiriko goes first, and then based off the movements we get off of the Kiriko pressure, then the rest of the teams like dives in. I thought that was really cool, mm -hmm. and they played pretty well. I mean, there was that one Toronto series that I think that they very easily could have lost, but beyond that, I think. This meta was perfectly made for the spark, and top four is probably the highest they're ever yeah, going to get in the end of season. Play. Sure. Like that was as high as they can get. I didn't. There was no way they were going to beat um, shock unless they just like went completely ballistic. Yeah, oh, for sure. And and to kind of uh, heighten your point there, I think uh, their match versus London kind of really showcased what how how bothersome it can be when you have somebody on the flank like kiriko that's like really harassing the back line really like making it difficult for you know hottie to really do much of anything right it, it was difficult for him to kind of get a word in edgewise in that match and you could kind of feel it um mm -hmm. a weirdly hype match um when it came to like live viewership as well i think a lot of people were very excited by like the spark story um by both stories really i think there's a little like equal equal amounts Spitfire and Spark Love in the arena. Uh, a lot of Spark fans that were actually yeah. like doing chants. That was really hype. I was really yeah, yeah, yeah. Really a lot cool of. I think most. 
most of the upper teams kind of showed out when it came to like fan engagement. I thought that, you know, expectedly the, the Texas teams did well. San Francisco did very well. I think um, for as much, um, for as much stuff we give to the community for not re- like recognizing proper, uh, there's definitely a lot of love um, when it came to like fan engagement, a lot of signs, a lot of people talking about him, you know, just like really giving him uh, his, his, the respect that he deserves, obviously sweeping the awards. I don't know if that's something we want to get into, but uh, Jessica, for you, who, who kind of like overperformed in, in your mind? <laughs> Dude, I, that was probably one of the biggest misreads, but like, I feel like sort of, it, it feels less bad. Because I was I was obviously under some like the fact that this player I'm about to name came back this year is rush magic. Like that's some curse shit. <laughs> that's on some voodoo doll type of like miracle shit, right? Like what Edison did and also during the grand finals, where he, like once again, like he was just popping off. And I, I, I it was it's interesting to see. That Fearless, like, in in his water review, apparently mentioned, like, that they just acknowledged that he wasn't as good a, a, a soldier as the best of them. I don't think that's true for the final series. <laughs> I think that that dude popped off, and yeah. that's that's the that's the religion I want to push, okay? Sure. Oh, th- this year. <laughs> it's maybe, it's not that he should have been, you know, a, an MVP nominee, or... Nah. That he should have been even considered for role star. I think this his season was too slow for that. Absolutely not. Yeah. But yeah. Jesus Christ, like when they needed that kid to pop off, he absolutely did. Right? Like yeah. that guy resurrected his career and just walked on water for the most important matches that Dallas Fuel uh needed this year. Right? Like mm-hmm. um I don't think he mo- he was necessarily like outperformed or diffed by proper in that series. Um, I think it's incredible that he was capable of recalling that. And it made me really appreciate the vision that someone like Rush can have. Sure. And which leads me to another thing, right? When we're, and you know us, eventually we'll we'll, we will have to go to the fellatio of, you know, the chosen one. But let me let me pause here and say mm-hmm. that for the very reason that proper won MVP this year is the same or sorry, other other way around. Let me invert it. The reason why the Dallas Fuel won the championship mm-hmm. is the same reason why Hanbin couldn't win MVP this year. Sure. And the reason is that the team is the superstar. For the Dallas yes. Fuel. Mm-hmm. If you look at how the, the narrative of this, where it's like their worst stage is with a starter that isn't Hanbin. Mm-hmm. And then they win the grand finals based on a star level performance of that player that was slotted in for your otherwise MVP. Because let's be honest, I think Hanbin, given the difficulties of this season for tanks, had Hanbin been able to play the entire time, also maybe on Zarya, mm-hmm. throughout everything, I probably vote for Hanbin. 
Okay. Sure. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. So, but the fact that Rush, you know, gave Fearless not just, you know, uh, uh, the ability to slot into a meta, said, right. we're not going to build our entire pl- game plan around Hanbin, even though this guy is our drill sergeant in-game, even though this guy's the mind of our game and, like, helps with Reaper positioning and the stuff that we heard. We, we don't give a hoot about all of this. We're not playing for Hanbin MVP. We're playing for the long term. And the fact that they had the maintenance for Fearless, that, you know, that stage that he played, and mm-hmm. he wasn't just bench warming the entire season only to be brought in, out in playoffs you have to think that in a series that goes seven maps that that made a difference sure mm-hmm. so once again the reason the dallas fuel won the finals is the same reason why hanbin couldn't win mvp this year and i think that's a co- completely justified statement I, I don't think fearless should feel the least bad about this oh because no. like i i know like it he, he talked about like it hurt him when when the MVP was announced and that it was um, was proper in the end and like he really wanted Hanbin to have it and he wanted Hanbin to have the Grand Finals MVP. I understand those emotions, but at the end of the day, like your coach made all the right choices and basically formed around an identity that was bigger than the you know and anyone any single player on the team. And that's why you won this, right? Like in a highly volatile situation where it isn't necessarily the case that you um, have the best uh, meta interpretation. No, like you actually dictate the meta once again. Sure. If you guys yeah, remember, yeah. this this is once again a circle this entire season. We get into the season, the fuel dominates uh, and makes Genji meta because Sparkle is nuts, right? Yeah. They dictate the meta from day one they come into the playoffs, they once again dictate a meta, take the uh, trace out of the equation because they realized Reaper is a better uh, pick and then have Hanbin even, you know, contribute to the... Come on. Like, this This is like an all-time great coaching performance, an all-time team great team performance. This team has really very few weaknesses at this point. Mm-hmm. Um they have been able to incorporate a lot of players in that. Yes, like players like Doha or Gurio. <clears throat> Maybe they weren't playing first fiddle, but they were sure. always incorporated, right? Like they had mm. the ability to run in-house stuff with R- Rascal mm. sometimes slotting in and whatnot, right? Like that's, it's a team win if you've ever seen one. This is not like, um, this is a st- systemic win of just a genius and just cohesive coach performance. And I I felt so fortunate to be able to pick Rush's brain based on that because there's always, like, you think you know Overwatch pretty well and then you, like, you I ask these questions and most of the time, even for the best coaches, I pretty much know where that answer is going. Sure. You almost never are able to with Rush. It's not mm. that your idea is wrong. There's just a different mode where this is also right. Right, like right. Mm-hmm. it. It's like we conceive of the game as like a pound for pound thing. Like when the community talks about, like, you know, how, how was the final one? Well, Violet against Chio, who won that, yeah, and yeah. then Field against like uh, Finn, how who won that? That's not how Rush conceives of Overwatch. It's unit against unit. How did that work out? 
those puzzle pieces, the machines against each other, right? It's not about the one cog that was stronger than everything else. So yeah, that end, I will tell you straight up, that's more true to what what Overwatch is, even in Overwatch oh, Two. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, sheesh! Like that in that regard. Like I, I was choking up a little bit when uh, in regards to that. Like, yeah, I, I it, it was like that fuel just deserved to this season, right? Yeah. Oh, I think undoubtedly. it's a good success story as well for fuel because you remember like starting fuel, right? And I think all of the, you know, the staff and the GMs and getting the Paris core, the Element Mystic core, getting fearless. I think this was kind of the culmination of all that. And I think, you know, Tasmo deserves a lot of credit. Mm. Hashro deserves a lot of credit for all that they've done, getting this team to where they are. Um, I think you're right that this is like a good, very good success story for a team that went through a lot of turmoil, ton of turmoil start. Yeah. yeah. Undoubtedly. And to kind of circle back to a point that Yuska made about like the dichotomy of like the, the different, like team the different teams that were in the final right like you had <clears throat> at least it was for me it was very clear that this was a battle between a team and like hootie and the blowfish right like <laughs> proper was the focal point you saw the entire not the entire game plan shift for dallas but you saw them invest in a lot of you saw them invest a lot into trying to mitigate proper as much as you possibly could. Because that's a where a lot of teams bread were buttered, like obviously sojourn in those like positional fights and those, those kind of like, you know, as, as teams begin to fight for a position, you have somebody like that kind of come out uh, ahead with like a first kill and the fight kind of gets one on its own. But Dallas, Dallas weren't necessarily like banking on that alone. I think it's prior to the show kind of mentioned the how did you put it the uh the, the, the what what kind of damage was it you used a specific word damage for what and what for kind? like the the sojourn charge and how like dallas mitigated uh the kind of like oh yeah useless damage yeah um charge main maintenance or something yes right. charge the, the maintenance of you know trying to keep proper out of this game as much as they could yeah it was very apparent i i remember like a very uh stark memory on coliseo i think i was in the the hotel room at this point but um they they're all engaging together and they're making these dives they're making proactive plays which is difficult to do when you have somebody like proper kind of like bearing down mm. on you but you have you know fearless kind of you know just investing a lot of primals into kind of getting into the sojourn's face dropping bubbles for edison so he can play a little bit more aggressively the whole team just kind of like engaging together even hearing like some of the, the the contenders you know talent talking about how you know it's difficult for teams to you know contest angles when they know that the enemy team has charge lead and it didn't necessarily feel like fuel ever necessarily let off the gas pedal in that way where like they were afraid of proper when he had a charge advantage edison also kind of playing up to one of the yeah. the biggest you know single individual performances i think we've ever seen or, or have seen in a long time hearkening back to like profit and like apex um but this this really was like a team versus the mechanics you know you look at dallas i who i thought had much better macro their ultimates while you know there's human error i felt like san francisco had a lot of just dead death blossoms i, I felt yeah. like 
in certain mm-hmm. circumstances you had striker hitting the mark and then there were just some death blossoms that were just out there and like a lot of like the, obviously there's nerves involved but i felt like there was a stark difference and again he he did make that series close though striker i think yeah, yeah for sure. played very well and i think if he it, i mm-hmm. i don't know what I don't know how through the eye of Agamotto, Krusty uh, was able to see that in the grand finals, it's going to be a Reaper meta, but mm-hmm. like, you know, Oh, he did somehow. for sure. He did. <laughs> I know, but like, it's, it's, no, you know, he's just, he's just like, Oh, okay. Maybe, you know, <laughs> I can see into the future. There's going to be a Reaper meta for the playoffs. And Shrekker was very good. I think I also want to give credit to Mikey. I think that is a very difficult position he was put in and he played pretty admirably. I would say for what he's going up against in the time that like he, you know, hasn't been playing as much. It was a lot of collusion previously. Like Mikey would just come in and play control. Um, for him to come in into that grand final, play every single map, and play pretty well against probably what can be considered now as at this point the best Winston player to ever play the game. Yeah. Like I think I think Shock were like it was a very much like a mechanics thing, but I think there were a lot of players who kind of picked it up a little bit to like match proper in some regard. And just help out a little bit because I think that if there was like maybe and, and I like Mikey, you know, if there was maybe just like a little bit more grease on the wheels for like a Winston player. Yeah, I if they think, have Smurf, they win. Yeah, a Smurf but like yeah. Bones about this. Yeah. Like this this was this was a this was a unfortunate situation for them where it just felt like the, the Winston part of it really hindered the shock. Yes. Not to say that Mikey was playing bad, but Mikey just didn't have the playtime. Uh, right? It was like just like there's and, and like two people. Time with There's like two people in the world that don't get diffed, uh, you know, maintain diffed against fearless now. And I and I don't want it to. I I don't want this to become like oh maintain diff because I think, I think that I kind of undersells. I I think I think in some degrees it was, but not for like any of like the really like flat statistics that people are gonna throw around. I think it was. One team had better macro that facilitated their sojourn through like the the vehicle that is Winston, and the other team had an idea of how to do that, but didn't necessarily execute on it too terribly well. Um, and their sojourn did a lot of just like heavy lift. bonker stuff yeah. that just like got them again got them seven maps when they probably didn't deserve it. Right, like that's to the degree of like who this character. You know who proper is to this game, and, and you know I know Yiska uh, talked about the fellatio, but um, yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think it is special. Um, not 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 necessarily just yet. I think there's just still some more things to digest with Dallas, perhaps. Um, yep. I, I said this previously. Um, I think after Krusty had signed, um, or the shock rather had signed, Striker that like, I think. Uh, I think his days are numbered as like the clear and definitive like best coach um, in the game. And I think this final kind of like cemented that for me um, for a number of reasons. We can get into it if you want, but I, I think it's I think it's I think there's something magical about Rush. Yeah, I think yeah. he has a very clear I like a a clear identity i think he he kind of not only is he a good scout right Let, let's go through this like he's a good scout he's proven himself on across a number of different metas he's not only found ways to operate outside of the meta but also within it 
he's taking players who at the start of the season we were telling everybody that we're going to get shoved into lockers and making them not necessarily look like but giving them the room to kind of reinvent themselves like Jessica's saying right edison probably should have never been a starter for this team again this was a third string dps from the atlanta rain coming to the dallas fuel I think we were all spot on the money. This kid was really never really supposed to do what he just did, right? And, and I mean, his and, his start of the season was not good. On not fabulous. Life. Yeah, he was, granted there was a lot of metas that did, didn't necessarily like put him in that that power position. Yeah. But, but I mean, if you had told me like that the Reaper player that I saw earlier in yeah. the season was going to be doing this in Grand Finals, I would have been like that. There's just no. Yeah, I mean, like e- even coming into Countdown Cup, like his 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 Genji play, his Sojourn kind of coming out there and being able to like stand toe to toe, like it, yeah, it's phenomenal. It's incredible, and I think that that has something to do with the environment that Rush creates. And I have to wonder if Krusty has ever created that. Um, I think it's real easy to look back at like the shocks titles and go, wow, like it's it's really impressive that you win all the time. But what happens when you stop winning? What happens when you face adversity? Is this system built to last or is it just built to win? Um, I, I, I do I do think uh, rushes quickly. Ooh, here's a take tangentially related, but kind of ties it in uh i think we're gonna enter the the 2023 preseason and get into power rankings and i have a funny feeling a lot of people are not gonna put dallas at number one when they deserve it right. if on they that. keep the roster depends probably, yeah i'll put yeah depends. that's the big thing the, the roster i don't even know if it matters i mean to I be fair be i i, I think i i i would i will agree that i think as long as this team has rush they're probably fine. I, I think that based on everything Yiska said and sure. this season and managing, you know, this tank situation that he had to do and then mm-hmm. getting them to win this season, like, yeah, I, I think that Rush being there is probably the linchpin for everything, right? Yes, you can have, like, fantastic players, but I think a lot of the time it's like, this is what, it's it's kind of how I used to view Ray before he retired, was just like, yeah, we have this like one really good player, but the team and the team dynamic is like the and like what I've set up. There were some people who didn't buy into that, which was a problem uh, at the end for Chengdu. But like, I think they're very similar in terms of how they like operated their team. And I think that as long as you, because we're looking at, I mean, look at Chengdu without raids. I mean, they don't have money either, but like, it's it's a disaster. So it's like as long as you, I think, keep this. I think as long as you keep this guy on your team. Yes. You should be totally fine. Should yeah. be. I don't. I, I have a funny feeling there is going to be some some movement made. Uh, I I, have, I just have a, a sneaking suspicion that we're going to get real, real cold on this team real fast. Um, and I don't know that. I, I think we might walk into the next season uh, cold on the, you know, the, the returning champions. Um, I don't know that. We've ever seen that, but I, I don't know. There's something about this Dallas Fuel team that I think is magical and deserves respect. Um, I just hope that we continue to give them that. Uh, Yiska, any final thoughts for Dallas in the, the grand final before we move on? No, I think um, I'll probably... I haven't treated myself to the Fearless POV yet, to the VOD. 
Mm. Um, but I think that also should be pretty illuminating. I think also this is this is something once again where I have to watch my rhetoric. What I will sure. say is, if someone is just primal blading like a madman, like Fearless is, and has like insane primal mechanics, that's the player. The bubble sure. placement. Most of the time, that's the team that gets the value out of that. It's not just the p- bubble placement. That's, you know, obviously coordinated on a b- bunch of maps, especially yeah. uh, control. And then also, how does the p- team play around the bubble, right? Like, yes. I was yes. watching proper POV. Man, that, that stuff was tight. Like, they were not <laughs> giving <laughs> any surface area to uh, prop- for proper to get any picks. Like, and they, they had this internal timer around, um, like... It's almost like a second ult tracking that people had to do. You know, like you ult track and then like lose your 80%, blah, blah, blah. You have to ult track like, yeah, Sojourn is probably 100, 100 charge, 100 charge, 100 charge. And then you have to play around these cycles. And that's what Fields talked about with Chai, who just held onto it and just like, you know, put the fear of God into uh, <laughs> your, your team, right? Because that kid hits those. So... Mm-hmm. I think there's also something to be said about like knowing that it's it's so hard because you want to get the quick kill, but you also want to so, sort of wait for your higher probability rails to hit when their cooldowns are already depleted and you don't have to necessarily hit around the bubble or whatever, right? So yeah. I think that was their timing around the, the charge. Like they had some internal timer going, like nobody take damage, let proper decay. Okay, go, right? Wasn't always the case. Like Edison got a like an unfortunate amount of uh, like pre cold like in the neutral picks that must yeah. that are predicated on like you losing a fight, like the the shock losing a fight, coming back. Edison still sitting on you know one hundred charge or close to it, re-engaging before the decay happened and just like getting a, a pick based on that. That's unfortunately. Like just a mechanic that needs to be baked into your team in this meta, right? That, there's oh, no way sure. around it. Yeah, I think I think I think you touch on two things there that were super important. One that I didn't really pick up on was the you know the you know the internal feeling for whether or not a sojourn had rail or didn't. Um, and I have to imagine that probably comes from your sojourn, right? Like I have to imagine this is Edison, you know, having a feel for where at where proper is. How much damage he's done you know being able to like properly communicate that like hey he has rail careful don't contest this angle i not you know knowing that he's not going to um but another thing that felt like a very positive metric for the success of their uh, team um was like you said being able to get consistent value with your primal rages it was mm. something that i saw i did not see from london in their game versus spark I thought Hadi had a pretty quiet game. I'm going to be nice. Choose my words very carefully. Um, they didn't necessarily, I don't think they really showed up on stage to be completely honest in that match. I thought they were like pretty flustered. It felt like they didn't, weren't really like playing any type of game, mm. um, but credit to him. I thought they did well, but like you, you compare his performance versus somebody like, uh, you know, a, a fearless, Dante, I think had a better read, but I, I, I don't feel super equipped to kind of, jump into houston but surprising surprisingly good for uh yeah. all the all the stuff we give him um but That's... being able to consistently find value i think reiner if anything was another one that was like 
you compare what was expected of you to what we got, it, it really wasn't the same. Yeah. Um, and being able to consistently get kills, push people out, get in front of the sojourn without getting like completely chunked down. I don't even know if you need to get kills with your primal so I mean, much as like yeah. being able to consistently the uptime in which like you are in the sojourn's face, kind of like okay. creating distance for your team before you have to exit because you're just getting like pooed on. Uh, I, I felt was like a very like positive metric for like success in the playoffs. It, it, you know, those two things correlated. I felt like, especially during overclock, like that's when a lot of the yeah. Winston's would just primal the overclock because you, it's mm -hmm. nigh impossible to get value out of it. Yes, you can chunk Winston, and to be honest, it's like very difficult to do that because unless you're hitting headshots, it's not like the same amount of damage you'd be getting. So like Winston just runs at you with a thousand fifty health, yeah, and you're overclocked. And yes, you have one escape move, and it's nigh impossible to find a way to get any types of shots around that and i think that's like something dallas did a lot in that grand final where every time there was overclock on proper it was just like all right fearless just go and primal like the, the, he literally cannot play the game yes he'll live probably but at that point you've probably forced out the teleport from kiriko you forced out suzu you forced out the jump then the rest of the team can just run at you and you don't have to mm -hmm. I, just I, for one prime i feel like that's uh, <clears throat> it's I feel like it, there is a possibility that where the primal mechanics have to entail that you kind of have an idea about the trajectory that you're pushing uh, the overclocked sojourn in. Because yeah. if you're actually pushing them into a, an angle where they now have free reign, like, sure, I don't know, yeah. like half a second to look at your supports, these top tier players will do that. And Shy did do that on several occasions. What you need to do with your primal mechanics is either shove them around, like you, you need... In a corner, geometric like overview of like or an, an understanding like court vision where okay, my team is currently here. Here's the obstacle. Either I shove him around the corner so he doesn't have vision, or like I need to put place my body in front of it so he doesn't have vision and has to pierce or whatever. Like if you put it put like someone like shy at a ninety degree angle and give them like a second to hit the shot on your Kiriko or whatever, he will do so that. Yep. He will do that. So that it wasn't just like killing the Kiriko, which, yes. uh, sorry, not Kiriko, uh, the the Sojourn. It was about like putting them in like putting not place them right. to, to, to extinguish them. Right. Yeah. Because like quite frequently, like you can keep your Sojourn alive through the primal, right? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. So, I mean, a lot of the times, I don't think a lot of Sojourns died at all. Because, I mean, you just yeah. have Kiriko run over and just, like... I think early on in the bracket, you saw a lot of Sojourns just getting picked just because, like, Primal into the Sojourn. They just, like, mechanics them, kill them in a corner, like, GG. Um, but as I think the weekend went on, you started to see a lot more of what Yiska's talking about in terms of just, like, shoving them and creating mm -hmm. space for your team. But also having, like you said, the court vision of... You know, not putting them in any kind of extra opportunity to, you know, cut in and, and find a pick. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting to see how that developed. But yeah, I would say. I would say in, in the weird bell bell curve meme where it's like, oh, better Winston equal better team into, well, what about all the sojourns and all about the DPS and, you know, what about you know, support, so whatever, and then right back down to better Winston, better team, but for, like, a completely different <laughs> reason from when we started, right? Like, it's not just about getting the kills, it's really about, you know, your bubble, bubble placement. Again, Fearless 
I, I mentioned it before about like how it felt like there were more opportunities for him to bubble for Edison to be a little bit more aggressive, but it was more of a, a masterclass of like him placing them really, really like, um, and I know this goes for everybody, but these felt super, super intentional where like there were opportunities for him to like cut off Mikey from getting healing or, or like cutting off like sight lines or, or it was just the way that he used his bubbles felt like it was super, super like impactful on the way that Dallas as a team was able to play the game. But also you still have the fearless mechanics on the Winston. He's also still getting kills. He's also still high in damage. It wasn't necessarily about those flat stats that just, you know, I think everybody kind of flocks to. It was more about the resource use, how they were playing as a team versus a monster and his cronies, the raid boss, as I feel like we should call him. But do we get into the raid boss next? Do we get into the faker of uh, oh, the Overwatch it? League? Okay. Okay. I feel like we <laughs> I feel like we've given Dallas their their due. It's been I, I you talk about content, Jessica. <clears throat> I really do think that more people need to go and check out the five years of fuel. I know that it sounds like it's just a uh, a big uh, circle clapping hands uh, of the Dallas fuel, but it was it was definitely eye opening. I learned yeah. some things from it that I, I didn't necessarily know. For sure. Um, it's it's well produced i think it deserves more love especially with you know uh ironically enough it kind of predating their 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 eventual championship run so go, definitely go give that a look uh so proper uh is he faker is he not faker discuss okay so i think All right, yes, good. <laughs> it's it's important that we define what a faker moment is okay a faker moment isn't that the player just comes on and like has to win everything that's not necessarily a faker moment. If you go back and look at MVP voting, he didn't sweep. Like, or faker didn't, right? Like, at the time, the community was actually quite like Piglet. Piglet has been carrying the entire world. Yeah. Uzi was going hot that tournament, right? What a faker moment is, is when people in the scene that know their shit, experts or, um, you know, let's say, pro players and whatnot, if they just tell you that there's something about this player that is unprecedented, will is unlikely to be, you know, like, ever recreated, and is, of course, like, you know, the full full breadth of skill sets, and that that is very likely to just foreshadow mm-hmm. the, the most dominant player of all time. Right. Yep, yep. Now this is crazy to say in comparison to um you know something like Faker because like he won world's first year proper was one map short. Um I would I would argue a few fights short. Yeah, I think that 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 push map was like about one or two fights. If Edison I don't think gets those last two kills before the last fight San Francisco has a chance to just like walk it all the way through and win i i i definitely see that angle i think there's there's a couple fights predating that that i i really i look at striker and i'm like boy howdy you yeah. might want it to hold <laughs> you, you might want to hold on to that one chief or yeah, yeah. there's a couple of rushes that i was like Ugh. maybe the the fox the the, the katune didn't guide you here or, or there it was <laughs> a little uh oh another thing i hate to completely interject 
teams got really, really good at disengaging Kitsune Rush. Shout yeah, out to them. very good. Really cool. yep. Yeah, very, very good. It was really, it was really good. hard. It's really hard to do Especially because it Dallas. also increases your movement speed. But like yeah. super, super, super well done. Like yeah. Dallas, five, I think, five days. I think what Dallas crazy. would do is they would just hold boost from Lucio and just yeah. fucking push it back. Yes. Because I think yes. they match actually. Or Lucio's a little bit fat. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but I think close. like even going back to like Dallas, Houston, like they I think teams had a better flow or a better read of like the flow of like how the game was going. Like they knew that like that this team wanted to just engage with Kitsune Rush and it became less of just like, oh, you rushed, I'll rush. Like I hated that aspect of early on in the bracket and we got away from it. It was really cool. Wanted to give some yeah. credit there. But proper faker. I agree. This shit's never gonna happen again. I want to shout out an older uh esports journalist who I don't know that if they write anymore, Rally Jaffa. I think mm. they said very eloquently that we would never see another team like Runaway ever again. Uh, I hijacked that and said we would never see another team like the 2019-2020 San Francisco Shock. I do not expect to see another player like Proper in this game's lifetime. No. Bar none. Yep. No. I think that, I, and this kid's crazy. A performance I just, like, like this this season, right? Like, yeah, no. Yeah. We won't season, get another one like, of these. Like it's your it's your rookie season. So everyone's like talking about he saying, right? He saying's not gonna it's just no, I, he's I not. don't think it's he's it's not. like the, the thing about proper is that proper and the difference between I think proper and faker is that proper was like somewhat of a known quantity before this. Yeah. Right? Like he was on O2, we had good tape of him. Faker in twenty thirteen was like plucked from solo queue. Right? Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't you know, Faker hadn't played competitively before twenty thirteen. This weird we weird synchronicity if if my lore is correct i'm pretty sure runner actually is one of the first people to like spotlight faker if 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 my lore is correct could be could be youtube trying. comments correct could me be. if i'm wrong i'm pretty sure could it was runner but like but the thing i don't get is like this aversion to like yeah crowning proper at this moment because like he realistically should like what he's done is incredible he had the first uh it's called a match deadlift right now, but like he has the only one this season where he has 188% of the total final of limbs during a series. The next closest is shy against Toronto who had 98%. And the th I just don't like, I don't want to be the person five years from now who so looks true. back at this and says like, I, like I, I was just wrong about proper. Mm. Like why, why are, why is there that aversion to it? Because I think like now we have a perfect opportunity with this player to like, not necessarily make him faker because faker is just right. an entity but no one in 2013 looked at faker and was like yeah this guy's going to be one of the biggest celebrities in the world right no oh, one no. looked at that like that but like we have a chance now to do that with this player who everyone who knows about overwatch like i mean i even dpay was on like talking yep. about proper right like everyone who talks about proper who knows their salt talks about how good this kid is yep. and for some reason we just don't want to don't want to coronate him yet because because why like for what reason like i i saw i saw a thing where someone's like the best player to play overwatch 2 hasn't played yet i disagree best player to play overwatch 2 right now is proper yeah. i i like where that person's head's at because i i'd have to get a little bit more context but i do think that there is like a looming graduating class from overwatch 2 yes i yes i will agree with that but even agree. then, I even don't then, know. Is anyone going? Is are one of those players going to ever be I don't proper? Know. Yeah, I don't know. Like this, yeah. this is unheard of. I I said something. I think like 
there was some like non-endemic uh games press that like oh is jonak our faker in like season one and it was like no this is dumb stop like i think that's like the right attitude like hold hold your pitchforks for stuff like that but when we have somebody that is is sweeping awards is 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 backpacking their team and i don't say that lightly um is doing it in unprecedented fashion th- this is this is special we are and, we are and, not to see this yeah. for a long time if ever and i get there is this like sort of fatigue factor to it yeah. like I, I do understand that to an extent that everyone's like talking about proper and going into this like season everyone was talking about it as well maybe not as much but like the thing about it is is that if you're tired about hearing about proper now just i, I don't know oh, just wait like, yeah just yeah, mute, I'm sorry. mute yeah. the stream. You you're not, you're not going to stop hearing about proper for the next five years. Yeah. It's 10 years almost after 2013. And Faker is like, like the, the, the scene of him, like in the state farm arena in San Francisco, where he puts up like the shush shine, like the dude's a phenomenon yeah. and it's 10 years later. Like yeah. Yeah. We, we, we can get to that point with proper, but I don't want to be the one back in, t- in 10 five years of you know hoping that overwatch is still around and all that mm-hmm. stuff like i, I don't want to be the one who is just like yeah i was you know i i didn't believe in this player even though there were all these signs in front of me that he is probably going to be one of the greatest players of all time to play and keep now, in mind there there are a lot of like what ifs in terms of hopefully sure. this kid's wrist holds up something like this yeah I mean, hopefully, yeah. hopefully we we like have a consistent game experience that doesn't change too much so like suddenly we're back to goats and even there i would probably think like probably I mean, he, could said, pop. He, he can play zarya it wasn't yeah. that bad yeah like but you get you get the idea like if something yeah. like radically changes about this game like yeah. that could just change what it means to be good at overwatch but barring like any consistency in the exper- in the identity of this game and then the ability for proper's body to do what it currently is doing i mean this this guy is is just a really i know that nobody has has ever been like this i'm sorry but it's like everyone's like yeah i like some people were close and whatnot and i think especially like it's interesting that it hasn't hasn't hit apac as much yet from the votes but this this is special. Like if you str- scrim mm-hmm. a- enough against this guy, I've never heard stories like these. Like it's it's ranging from like just like you're you're basically there's almost no reason to practice against proper. Like <laughs> that nobody else is going to do that against you. What he's doing, he's not going to like interpret the the space in the same sense. Like we we have a a German football player called. Uh, uh, Müller, right? Thomas Müller, and he yeah. was like his coach famously in the past said, uh, like space interpreter, right? Mm-hmm. And then Müller went on to become the World Cup uh, top scorer the the year after uh, after Van Gaal said that. Like, proper is a top five mechanics player. And I, I'll say, like, I think he's not top one. I think that's probably reserved for someone like Shy and like Lip. Mm-hmm. But he, like, he has uh, he has everything just like in the upper echelon of like ability, court vision, um, yeah. movement, um, presence, ability to communicate his ideas, 
well, what what is sometimes called briefing, right? Um, just the flexibility to do it on HitScan on Flex DPS. I like actually the name Faker is not that often brought up when I talk to coaches. They will say, I guess if you have LeBron, that could work. Yes, and that was something I wanted to bring this up. I didn't want to interrupt you. That was something that I would overhear. I overheard somebody saying, I won't name who I thought it it was, mm. um, but there was somebody that I overheard kind of talking about how the, the matches were supposed to go and like what their thoughts were on it. And they were talking about how there was some talk about, you know, how this meta is like, well, if you just have LeBron, maybe you can just do it. Maybe Shaw can just make the run because mm. that's the type of player who commands presence, who enforces their will on this game, no matter what you put in front of them. Again, go back to the first stage. This kid is doing magical things on Genji, things that beg belief. And then you put him on hit scan and he's he's he outshines most of the good hit scans you think are you you, are you like happy. And okay, he didn't well, we even have, have that much experience this this year, yeah. right? On like that's sure. the big difference. Yeah. Like like someone like Merritt just played like farmed soldier. Yeah, he played season. soldier in the entire <laughs> season. That's it, right? I think. Where was I Kilo? Think, yeah, yeah. He got benched the for the about, star. I think the thing about this like kind of LeBron comparison is something I was thinking about. Where it's like I think at some point, because I think I, I again barring any like you know wrist injuries or drastic change into the way that we view overwatch 2 as a current game now like he's gonna keep winning mvps guys and then there's That's gonna the be thing. a point yeah. where we get then there's gonna be a point where we get voter fatigue and derrick rose is voted mvp because lebron yeah. won like yeah three yeah, yeah i think that's row, possible and then they were just like we just have to give it to derrick rose like mm. derrick rose is having a good season and then that kind of goes into like the whole mvp debate and, and might, i do uh, want to just i do just want to state that like this conversation that we're having about profit or profit per rather is detached from the mvp voting because i think mvp voting is its whole like other thing where it's like yes. how do you view players and everything like that this is just about yeah, the yeah. narrative of the player going forward right he's got the mvp now so there's nothing you can do about it anymore right, right? like he's just he has it the, the only time that you can really uh in terms of talking about voting is if you're unanimous mvp which i don't i yeah, doubt that's will ever never possible yeah, we, we will it not. shouldn't be yeah. it actually shouldn't be the case yeah it's happened. No, it should once in basketball. It's happened once recently in basketball because I think Steph Curry was unanimous MVP mm. or, or Giannis. There was someone who was, but like it might have been LeBron, anyways. But like I think the LeBron comparison is more apt because it's just like this guy is no matter like what he's doing, it feels like this person is going to be one of the best, most gifted players that we have in this game. And mm. we've been talking about LeBron for how long? It's like. Two thousand four was like when LeBron yeah. was like yeah. a rookie. I mean, the, and the dude's still the most one of the most prolific basketball. I'll just wait till proper leaves San Francisco. I think they're going to be out in the streets burning jerseys again. I mean, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna continue to talk about this player, and it's deserved. That's the thing is, is like there isn't like an agenda, right? It's just like the guy is so good, and we should really cherish the fact that we're watching someone this good play our game and play it to such a high level, and really build up a player like this and build up his star because at this point it's like again i keep saying it but i don't want to be five years from now and like proper is still playing as good as he is and we just don't have the narrative to continue to back it up i mm -hmm. i hope that because everything happens quicker in esports and i think also this this community has a weird propensity that sort of makes it 
like by osmosis, it sort of makes it also into the brains of those voting. I hope we don't have voter fatigue already next season. I, I could totally see that and put a pin in it because I think that there might be a world where Proper is once again the best player over the entire season and everyone's sure. just like, you know, behind closed yeah. doors, like, yeah, oh, Dante. that's boring and whatnot. Also, I mean, that's what happened to LeBron. It's literally what happened to I'll, LeBron. They I'll, were just like, we're, we're, sick of, we're sick of giving these to LeBron. We'll give it to Derrick Rose, even though LeBron's been the best player in the world. I'll, also, I'll, I'll straight up tell you, like, there are some integrity issues with, with, with how the votes are cast. Because, like, there's a ton of counter-incentive of, for instance, voting for a player that's under contract. Why would you do that? Why would I vote, like, waste my vote on a player that I can't have next year? Why not oh. give it to a player that I can have next year and stroke yeah. the ego a little bit? You'd, yeah. you'd be surprised how much at least people think this uh, is estimated in there, right? Or, yeah. like, people wanting to be cute and tr wanting to, you know, ah, he's going to win it anyway, so let's reward someone yes. else, right? They, we do not have the integrity of this award. Like, keep in mind, the best voter base are teams. They are probably like in my estimation i of course there's no objective measurement but if i look at the type of the, like groups that these votes come from mm -hmm. the teams are probably the ones that were closest to what was true this year right sure. and even they are compromised in in other sports it comes from the journalists that do it f full time and they're like held accountable for um you know, like judging the game accurately and the game, like the top sports are actually about that. And there's science involved and, you know, like it's, it's a different deal. Yeah. This, this is not the same demand here. We don't have the amount of uh, journalists that spend time in Overwatch to uh, have an opinion. And this is not about good and bad opinions. This is just like quantify how many journalists do this full time. It's legitimately like the people I can think of is like, um, Liz Richardson. Sure. Um, yep. Then, like, I think William from, from Dick Soto, even though I'm not sure how, how much he does Overwatch League coverage anymore. There's, uh, sorry, Michael from former Upcomer, I think. Um, there was Sean Collins. Yep. No longer doing that full-time. I'm not sure if he's A little still, bit biased, still, but sure. Still full, yeah. Of course, right? That's the, that we start with the problem, yeah. but like yeah. they, I, I would you would probably struggle to find ten people with the amount of time investment that it probably sure. is just the baseline Lawrence. in in uh, mm -hmm. in sports, right? So, ta like, we just don't have the volume there. It will always be on the teams to to do that. The broadcasting talent that's that's another group. They. Like, other than the analysis desk, like they are predisposed to make it fun. They like their objective isn't necessary to you know put put out the the ruler and measure right. Like that's not their job necessarily, yeah. right? Even though I will say, like once again, they they probably like I I I was surprised. Uh, for instance, okay, so this is a f weird measurement, and like okay, I, I expect some pushback on this point anyway, but um. If you look at the people that actually ended up predicting who, like, their votes went, ended up being the actual uh, players that won it, mm -hmm. I think Custer and Reinforce are one and two. Those sure. guys had the best coverage. They, 
it's it's I, I don't believe like of course there's there's a lot of you know like circular effects they are they have the you know the <coughs> the platform to inform the public of their opinion therefore like it feeds back into their opinion but they also have the expertise to judge that and also they take cues from uh from experts right so sure. they just had a um like a solid understanding of the entire mm -hmm. database. I think Eric can bring it up. I'm not sure. Can, can you make it a little bit bigger so I can show? <sighs> By the way, there was also one weird thing. I'll I'll just say because um, wait, Eric, I'm confused as to what you're showing me. Um, what's the weird thing? No, like the 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 it, it's just not on the screen. What what I ah what right um but like generally speaking um yeah this one. Uh, oh, okay. So, yeah, okay. Um, I'll I'll just tell you, we all got my boat wrong for tank. Uh, I didn't have Adi. I had uh, someone. Someone. Yeah. Someone. Yeah. I also had. Eric, I'll, I didn't get a vote. But... I'll just show <laughs> you what I see, and there's no way for me to make this bigger. I don't know. Your aspect ratio is kind of boned. Um, but yeah, like long story short, like there's not a great way. There's no. We don't have the resources to ever make it like super scientifically awesome. Yep. Stats in Overwatch are impossibly hard to rate. This game is impossibly hard to rate. There were probably five to six players where if you voted for them MVP, I wasn't I, I would have not been mad at all for you sure. to um to have done that stuff, right? Um Oh, I, I got it here. So like uh um so like, like of the of the 14 votes was it 14 am i right 14 votes i think green force got 13 right once again uh and then Costa got 12 right sure uh 15 votes i'm sorry 15 so um overall like if you want to look for a barometer of like because the aggregate is the most likely to be right I think um like reinforce just like has his finger on a pulse right for um yeah for w what happens in competitive overwatch so um I think that's also a metric that everyone should s sort of aspire to unless you really feel very strongly uh, about a player making it like for instance in my mind I don't feel bad for voting for someone over Hardy I think that's yeah. a position that you absolutely can hold I also think you can absolutely hold putting Smurf in as MVP, and you can probably also argue yep. Hanbin, depending on what kind of uh, criteria, criteria you have. Once again, yes. um, like yeah. it, it, I think our our discourse about this made it sound like we're shitting on people for having different opinions. That's not the case. It's like I'm trying to highlight a systemic problem that's never going to be solved in Overwatch because it's too complex. Because we do not have the required, you know, sheer volume of experts in this scene the experts that do the best have a vested interest in not voting you know their absolute best opinions for different reasons there's regional bias regional bias is not you know i'm biased for my region but it's like it's fucking 6 a.m i'm not watching that right, match yeah. like you know we're trying, we're can to, you be in and pay or, impact, yeah. like trying, mvp mvp discussion is like a whole different thing because it's always like always even in like every sport i feel like it's like what really does what MVP, MVP mean to you? Yeah. Right? Yeah, there's yeah. sometimes there's sometimes people where it's like trans, like 
where it's transcendental, where it's like Shelly Atani, for example, is like sure. playing pitcher and batter, right? And he's like putting up giga numbers and like both Doesn't of them. That's where it's like that's where it's like, yeah, that one Very probably clear. that guy that guy probably deserves it. And then there are people who still like complain because obviously it's sports and you know no one's happy all the time, but like I think that when we go back to like the proper discussion about it, it's just more about the narrative of him. It's like he's yeah. he's got to get his dues, man. No. Like he it, it's once he's again going to be around for a very long time. If you didn't, I I I was going to vote for if I had to like if I had to vote, I was under the impression that they wouldn't give rookie of the year and MVP to the same person. So I voted mm. for Kev for him. Like, yeah. If I, and if I once again, like it, it can both be true that you recognize proper to be the most skilled talented player that has ever touched overwatch and for you to not vote and him mvp yeah, this year yeah. that's ab absolutely that's possible and it can be our like i can say this is our faker moment without me having cast the vote for proper this year that's yeah. actually not at all contradictory to to the thing that i'm describing um but yeah i think overall um the the <sighs> I wish it wasn't so. I, I in a in a sense, it also drove a little bit of spice in there, which was fun, right? Um, but yeah, I I I think generally speaking, um, I think the league would probably do well to at least give some definition for role stars. That's that's the one that where MVP can be open to discussion. Role stars is a yeah. different one, right? And that's yeah. also. Like Rollstar seems a little bit more confined. You already have to feel a little bit weird after the season of Profit having gotten DPS. You know, um, sure. it, it's not a perfect science there, stage. right? Yeah, I I think. But overall, if I look at the people that we ended up like nominating and or winning, I'm I'm at, at, at zero other. And yep. I'll uh, okay, Avril, come at me. <laughs> I think Izaki is out of pocket. I would have voted for him. I I think it's it's fringe, but support support is difficult. I that was the one yeah I think area they, that I was like I eh. think I I voted I have I I did mine just for fun. I had shoe fielder Chio Vendame instead yeah. of Izaki. Shoe fielder. I think. I was definitely not plugged into APAC as much as I'd like to be, but after playoffs, I was definitely like on board the Vindame train for yeah. sure. I like Vindame. Yeah. And I think she'll have a very good player in Vindame. I also had a bad vote there. I, I had Finn for support. I think in hindsight, that's uh, probably not a great vote. I think that's. Oh, I had, I'll do you one better. I had Lastro. Oh. I don't hate. I, I don't but, hate but there again, it's. I, I definitely was not plugged into APAC as much as I could be. And then support's always a weird one because it's like, okay, well, how do I want to approach this? Is it yeah. two and two? Is it, you know, who I think is the best? DPS um, felt like it was the easiest one, yes. to be honest. DPS is super easy. I thought tank was super easy. Support is like, okay, I could see how this gets a little squirrely. And I'm like, tank, if you want to I... go for it. Tank, I had, I had this, I had the same top three except for hot. Well, I had. I had Reiner, I had Smurf, I had Hanbin, and I had Dante as my other. Ah, mm. I'm not Dude, mad at it. Okay. One thing okay. I will say that I feel is wrong is someone having only three votes. Like if there's a, I, yeah. if there's, and that's not the case, right? Like everyone that voted here could have had someone in fifth place individually, and like in a yeah. ranked choice voting where you like vote every single starter, like there's a possibility that. 
someone yeah. is still like the fifth best tank. It just like shook out that you know in a, in a different way, yeah. even though it's unlikely. But I like, f I feel like someone is the future of tanks. Like the yeah. profile of this mm -hmm. kid, what I agree. he is able to do is Smurf esque. Is like that's that's the one that's the gold standard. Then there's sm someone. Mm -hmm. That's what your tank has to be. Mm -hmm. I I would argue if I'm Rush, I'm a I'm a have Hanbin oh, no, practice no, no, no. those <laughs> like those heroes in the offseason. I, I think like. I think like when I like because the thing about like talking about the difference is like the reason like I would pick Dante over like someone I love someone like I was going into this season like me and Herix were talking about it like yeah. someone's really good like he's from the Team CC Main Tank Academy Alabama of Main Tanks like he's going to be very good and once he was on Florida I was like probably not going to get the props that he deserves mm. even though he's been playing very very well uh, but like when I put Dante in here the thing about the tank roll star is like it's not defined like you mentioned so it was just like i thought dante for being a dps player and just fucking playing tank as well as he did like yeah i'll give him roll star he's sure. he's good enough for yeah, me, yeah, he played sure. well enough for me yeah. to be doing that i think it's it's commendable um and and to jump to yiska's point there for a moment uh i'll do you one better i think someone goes to shock next year Oh, Based. dude, that's oh over. God. I'm, I'm a, I'm a keep over, it 100 yeah. bucks. If it's someone proper, it's done. It, it, this, this year well, would have not been close if someone had been on, on shock. I think, I think that is the perfect. That's like Holland tank. going to Man City, bro. It's like <laughs> it's over. Just wrap it. That's, up right that's now. who you want. You want someone. Yeah, what do you do? You absolutely do. In sh at at shock. That is, that is the key to unlocking another the the the, the third title for the San Francisco Shock. It makes perfect sense. Are the, are you gonna have to pay for it? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, probably a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you got to bankroll Florida for yes. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that that's that's the key, and that's like that speaks to the caliber that I think someone is. Um, and that was my fourth tank as well. But regardless, with the awards, is there anybody else from playoffs that you guys feel deserves some kudos? Any individual Merit. players? Merit. Merit. Merit okay. Yeah. Merit. yeah. Uh, I think the entirety of London should be very proud of what. The oh yeah. Oh sure. One hundred percent. We probably said that a lot, but like Christopher getting coach of the year, easiest vote ever. I mean, I saw his when he when he was doing that playoff speech, the one that they posted on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I was ready to run through a fucking wall for Christopher, <laughs> yeah. man. Like that's good shit, and like I think that it is really incredible what this team did throughout the entire season with what they had. Um, and yeah, they just I mean they finished. I think is it considered six where they finished or fifth. Seven? Fifth, like, six, right? but they... fifth six, but they yeah I mean uh, incredible incredible job yeah. from that team and I think that they um they got some really really great players on the team I've always been a fan of Landon really like how mm. uh, from like Collegian playing from Northwood like I'm really glad that he's getting success everyone on that team just there's some really, hardest really decisions impressive. for this them this offseason I'm gonna tell they, you that yeah, much yeah um because like I I guess we can talk about offseason a little bit but yeah. I think that that team, it's it's the greatest. Like, yeah, if you think back, like Valiant under packing, that's a yeah. great story. Paris uh, under, um, you know, like Rush. <laughs> I, no, no, not Rush. Um, Get a Mace and J Mac. Like that, those oh, guys. Okay, it's yeah, probably yeah. Le like a lesser success story than packing had, but like this is the gold standard. Right, like, uh, sorry, mm, you probably would have to say Boston, but season one is a little bit, you know, it's an unfigured out market. But yeah, in terms of like uh, uh, overperforming resources, yeah, Boston is still, 
you know, find a way the best. Again, to do it in year five of Overwatch League, where everyone now sort of has a clue of roster building and do it with players that everyone, like, like other than... No, there, there is no, you know, like, in... in I mean, in do terms you remember of, week... Do you remember week one, like, how people were talking about Backbone? Like, do you... And yeah, then yeah. the kid just, like, from then, just yeah. was... I mean, one of the, like, I think one of the just in terms of like the narrative around backbone and like moving over to Zen and all that stuff. Like I thought back, like that's, that's a real glow up story. Yeah. Right. For that yeah. player. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the Boston lineup, I think that's yeah. genuinely also predicated <laughs> on just like bad scouting on the other teams. Like someone like striker can come from a team. I, like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like Sparker isn't the striker going forward. Like that's not the oh, talent level of Sparker, or in, by comparison for, for everyone else around. And Hardy is also not, you know, like a standout player like that. Like Boston in season one was just like a lot of very good players and one superstar. Mm. And then like this is just a complete team performance. Well, I'll say like definitely overperform or also. No, like I, I still don't think like if you're a top tier team, you probably don't take any one of those players on your roster and have a no. expect a considerable improvement. This is just a team win. Like it's yeah, yep. It, it's yeah. In the that team is the star. Yes, yeah. It's mini rush. Yeah. I there was there's a a, a, a thumbtack in an idea that I want to play around with, and I feel like this playoffs kind of highlighted three different blueprints. One of them, I think London kind of like spearheads with like, I guess Dallas in, in, in a way, but I think the idea of like a budget where it's just like, oh, if I'm like a big suit and I just look at the Overwatch League and I go, oh, London can do it with, you know, a million. Like, why can't we go budget? <laughs> do, do what London did. I think that in, in a lot of similar ways, you could look at like San Francisco's success and be like, oh, well, they have proper. We'll just go find me a proper. Go ahead. Go, go do it. Like, yeah. go chase him. Right. Like, there are these like blueprints to success that I think a lot of like uh, managements will try to adopt. Um, and most will probably fail. Um, but yeah. it's, it's really interesting to see uh, how many ways you can find success in, in Overwatch 2. And, and I wanted to pose this to you, Iska. You talk about, you know, five, year five. Is it fair to call this year five or is this year one? Yeah, I think there are good reasons as to think. Or is this year zero? Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can tell you for what it is year one again. Sure. Um, and I guess we get into the juice part of this episode, but like in, in season one, this esports was given a lot of advanced like confidence right like everyone was like okay new and if like the the esports nfl you know localized leagues viewership we're throwing out we're getting dj college for almost a million you know all that stuff right like um happened and then we increasingly lost confidence we lost viewership and everything like this right now we have the viewership back Right, and we actually exceeded it in some way. The confidence isn't. I, I'm gonna tell you this straight up. At this point in time, the budget wells seemed 
seem more dried up than in past years, which is not to say that this is not a regular occurrence in in in, oh. in the preseasons where it's like, yeah, everyone's like, oh, we get an over over hyper mega budget and like order the <laughs> discount ramen boxes, like yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the and then cup noodles and then one guy picks up a, a sick dude and then it tr- just like escalates and like we need more for, money we need more money like oh we in order to be competitive but I will say there's still still some developments in this league right now that will unfortunately mean a budget decrease for sure. a sizable amount of teams mm-hmm. right. And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. It's a symptom of a lot of past mistakes. Yeah. I think this is like the rebound year. I think going into 2023, I can I can tell you I expect, I don't know, I expect more restrictions in terms uh from the team side um on on overall roster size. Um, I think it's going to be difficult for them to necessarily like offset roster construction, roster building and facility management with like sponsorship, because again, we're still catching. We need to catch up. We need to make a lot of ground up with like the absolute jet fuel we have. That is Overwatch 2, right? We need we need to cover a lot of ground before we can really start to like bring back in and entice those sponsors again. Doesn't surprise me that Butterfinger steps in. What I could I have told you it was Butterfinger? No, absolutely not. I would have never guessed it would be Butterfinger, but happy to have him. Um, but even from like the team aspect, like you're seeing like the crypto stuff start to be real questionable, and it's just like shit. Mm. All right, well that's not necessarily uh, safe. Maybe is the right word. Um, I, maybe the teams don't know if they're really going to see that necessarily pay off to offset some of these costs. So I think 2023 is probably going to be another restriction before we do really add the jet fuel to the fire and sell a lot of these brands, ideas, influencers, whatever it is going into 2024 where we rubber band and we start to grow again. Right. I I think that's when we start to look at, you know, maybe PVE brings people in again. Budgets not what I'm hearing from Yiska is that budgets aren't set. There's a there's still more movement. But it's not it's not necessarily super correlative of like all of the hype that we're getting from playoffs. Yes, all of that's very good. Yeah. Don't make no bones that the the teams like see that this is like worth investing into. But how can you sell that to investors? How can you sell that to sponsorships? That's where the like the money is made, and that's where the, it sounds like that's where they're having difficulties. And that's so, Yiska, Would you? Yeah. Go on. Would you consider this like a market correction to an extent? Or like, I mean, of course it is. It, Unfortunately, yeah. like if you look at market trends, right? Like they never m- closely mirror to to the actual performance of a product, which is sort of like mm-hmm. unfortunately achievement will always like be ahead of the curve of a reward in almost mm-hmm. every field, right? You do your best work, and then five years down the, the line, you get paid yes. for it, right? Yes. Um, unfortunately, we're we're just we might be at the top of the wave or at the start of the wave, but definitely not in terms of like what, what we can expect in terms of the right. income. Um, I'm concerned that this hurts our amplitude of the wave that we could create. I feel like we might be siphoning a bit, and this is this is something I'll probably have a little bit more on. I think if if you look at the scope of this endeavor that we're taking, the type sure. of shortcuts we've taken, um, 
in in terms of like what what kind of content we do, what, what kind of people we hire, what kind of um, environments we allow for teams, and then also looking into like future monetization opportunities. I I just wish we had more, and I I think that's where we probably. I, I'm concerned that while it is true for the mar current market correction, it's not the optimal, it's not value optimization, even though I understand that at this point, like if I was to be, let's say I'm I'm an owner and I have finite mm. resources and someone tells me, well, oh, did you see the, the viewership and whatnot? Like, oh, Pog, like have confidence in this product. Now we're popping off. No, now I want to see the money. Show me the money, yes. and then I can. That's, that's the show me the Give fucking me money. money, right? Give me my so, um, but let me let me pose you a, 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 a like a financial like wet dream, and you tell me if if you're the GM for the fucking uh, the 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 Berlin bear huggers that you aren't necessarily Berlin bratwurst. Sure, the Berlin bratwurst. <laughs> however you want to however you want to go with that, right? We get a we get an exclusive deal with Twitch. Right. Which doesn't sound like it's completely, you know, out of the woodwork. Doesn't sound like Switch is doing so hot. We have like an exciting it, product. I, the reason why, why, why we might believe that is because for CDL, there are some weak, I would say, but there are some there are reasons whispers. to believe that CDL is on Twitch, right? Okay. With sponsorship activations and whatnot, right? So would they not package both together? I mean, or, they did or all the, Activision exactly, exactly what they did with the so YouTube deal, deal back yeah, for yeah. Twitch. Yeah, and then of course, like one one thing we also have to always evaluate into this current situation is the Microsoft deal, right? So yeah, yeah. of course. Well, like this so, is also another uncertainty thing. Like I, I think that's if it, once again, if I'm an owner, the actual owner of the company that I'm in business with is not doesn't have the reins yet to decide. Yeah, I'm like yeah. okay. Pog, like the the viewership is up. Let me invest into my <laughs> brand, and then Microsoft's like, you know, we actually don't want to be the company that does esports. So, <laughs> you know, like that's that's yeah. also probably a, re a reason to like not be too high on this uh, situation right now. But I, I I still think it's unfortunate that we're in that position. I I hope that this is something that we really have to figure out in this year is. I think I hope we keep the viewership incentives. I think yes. at some point, yep. my gut feeling is some sometimes someone at Blizzard will find out just how much value they are losing by offering these viewership incentives, because you have to think that whoever is watching this does it for skins that a fraction of those would eventually buy it. And whatever value you or buy a skin instead, right? Maybe sure. maybe not an Overwatch League skin. So basically, by offering this viewership incentive, yes, you're not technically, you know, spending any money because the distribution is basically solved and like all you're really investing is like the skin creation there and whatnot. But you gotta think that this is going to take away like this. Yeah, Eric said it like some cannibalization of, you know, someone that wants a skin and maybe doesn't want to play the vanilla skin for their newly uh, uh, yeah. created, like, of those free-to-play players. They'll just get the owl skins and then mm -hmm. eventually we'll find out... Moment Wait a second. Like, in a similar sense that we believe, like, the 
Twitch Primes will eventually run out, right? Like that, mm-hmm. that's Amazon pumping money into Twitch, which is always like some sub money to the creators, right? Yeah. In the same sense, I could see that being the case for Owlskins, and we'll either don't have, um, we we don't get that- enough new stuff that is interesting for those p- players, sure. or like we we turn down the incentives at some point, and then our viewership necessarily drip dips, right? Is it is that not just like a correction of esports as a whole? Because again, like we mentioned on the show a little bit earlier, like this isn't an Overwatch problem. This is like an esports yeah. problem where a lot of the viewership, like it or not is based around viewership incentives. However you want to put that, like if everybody dips, then are we really, you know, also is like a big thing that we have to probably consider. Yes. I think that that's another, that's another Pandora's box for another day that like overwatch is, is late to, it could be successful. We don't really know. Even if like the, I, I think the spearhead of that campaign, probably you have to look at riot as being, the, the the success story there but i don't know how that's necessarily gone from them i have to assume it's like okay but mm-hmm. there's there's more logistics to that than i think people necessarily lot on and going like oh well they just get a product and it's real good and yeah yeah all all all's green there it's like eh, well you've heard some industry you know professionals talk about you know there's some you know you can understand why you wouldn't want co-streams to be as successful as your main product definitely is uh isn't isn't as binary as people might make it out yeah. to seem um that said yes any any further thing with the poll or not the playoffs but the uh, the off season okay again you want to get into there here's here's a big problem i yeah. sense that there's an uncertainty of what kind of income streams we can expect sure and the the problem is is like we it, it feels like, and this, okay, once again, like just from the outside, fo- follow like what, what we know so far. There is no roster construction rule article, even though every season before, we got it a week before grand finals. This is not out yet. We officially actually don't know that tomorrow the options window closes, right? That's usually we know that. This year we don't know that. We don't know when the minimum roster size of five or six needs to be fulfilled, right? I think that has been disclosed to teams. It hasn't been disclosed to the public. That's probably for some reason. And it feels like there's something that's not figured out yet that could move a couple of, you know, levers here and there that could, you know, make the situation better or worse. But unfortunately, I really... I, I think it's a problem that the delay happened. And I, I think there's there are worlds where, you know, business takes time and unfortunately it can't be right now, but it will result in, in a lot of options not being picked up. Like we saw, for instance, uh, Outlaws before uh, dropped Lab, uh, Doge, yep. and Creative. Creative, yeah. Um, creative probably being like the more surprising one. I expect a, a bunch of options not to be picked up also. Mm-hmm. Quite interestingly, there will probably be there are a couple of players that I thought were an option and aren't an option. So that's going to be interesting in terms of what it does. There is a world where we have a market correction and whether salaries are inflated and uh, this sort of brings about a different situation. I I hope. Okay, so my ilk, 
You know, the, the eat elitist kind that likes three top teams to gobble up all the talent, just go <laughs> like play 20% of the matches against each other. You, well, it, has I'm to, like, it has to be likely be happening. I'm, I'm Poggin. You won't be Poggin if you like parody as it stands right now. Because See, what I, what I, it, think, I think in the short term, people are going to be Pogging because what I'm hearing from you is that this is what it sounds like you're expecting a pretty bloody offseason. A lot of yeah. lot of movement, and I think that's really exciting for a lot of people. I think people right. love roster apocalypse. Yes, love that shit. They'll eat up roster apocalypse, yes, which is great. Yeah, love that. Yeah, I, I I don't know if like once again, this is all. I say this now. I also know historically that the way it feels right now is only slightly un unprecedented. It's always sure. like it seems one way, then some dude throws you know an yeah. exorbitant amount of on a main support and suddenly all the chips fall and everyone's going crazy and like we yeah. once again have inflated salaries uh right. totally possible that this is something that's happening there are also unfortunately stories of regression in terms of like wh what some sure. teams might be able to yeah. s financially support um which which makes sense with all yeah. the context that we've kind of been given um, around you know the difficulty of monetization from the league and the team side, it makes sense. However, I think there is still a lot of hope when you look at the numbers. When you look that we still haven't even gotten yeah. PBE yet, right? Like that's that's True. going to do something for the game, Based. which will and trickle getting, over to our you know neck of the woods, right? And like we're getting if, new heroes like quickly. Yeah. yeah. Like, Speaking very, of, we'll we'll get to Ramatrip, folks. Don't worry, we'll we'll get to some some points on there um but i know yes you brought up lip doge and creative hit, hit me with some takes there i i didn't expect creative to go but the other two felt kind of like a long time coming yes or no i think that was going to happen yeah um yeah i think i think lep should be in overwatch league i'll, I'll say and doge as well i think they both are probably at that level but probably for different teams, more Vancouver than yes. anything else, right? Yes. But I, th I, I actually think Lep is permanently underrated, and I thought that there were moments where I think he showed how good he was on Lucio during the Junker Queen meta on Houston. Houston didn't perform too terribly well, but the series that they won against the Glads, granted it was Glads during Junker Queen, but at the time yeah. we didn't really know that they were that bad. Like Lep performed very well, and like based on what I know from Lep personally and like his journey through Contenders, I think he's definitely. Uh, should be up there. Doge, I don't know as much about, but everything I hear about him is very good. Uh, and creative, like, I just don't get creative. Yeah. I mean, I get it to an extent. Yeah. But like, I, it was a gamble. I, it it creative's was fine. Not gonna, yeah, creatives it probably won't be searching for a long time. For yeah. Well, you say that. I don't know. Um, I hope not. I mean, creative yeah. should, like, be on a team, I think. We'll see. I think I think there's worlds where it could fall through the cracks. Not necessarily based on skill, but I think also based on some skill. Where it's I like think it's a mistake if he, if he's done it. Uh, okay, let me let me pose you this this world where like uh gimme like gimme Vancouver and NYXL go fully western. They're, you're promoting more rookie talent both for these Western teams and Korean teams coming up. There are just, there could be more competitive flex supports coming in. Maybe there's some free agents that you want to sign. 
do you want to rest your laurels on the creative train? It's not that he's bad, but like, is that who you're chasing after? I would probably say no, right? Like, I mean, you play on, on a how good. Much you value, how much do you value Overwatch League experience? Like, that's the other. Yeah, there's some intangibles there that you have to you have to evaluate for sure. But I think I, think I don't think definitely... it's a shoe in. No, I don't think it's a shoe in, but I think he should be. I, I, I think he should be, not that he is going. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, for me, when you have when you sign Lep and Doge and you literally don't ever play them, it felt like pretty obvious that you aren't necessarily going forward with them much farther. That one felt very Junker Queen meta. Yeah. So Sucks. I'm sure they will probably land on their feet. Um, again, a lot of teams doing a lot of different things. Uh, I expect them to probably find some homes. Uh, Kenobi, any other thoughts on uh, those Creative? No, I, I gave mine. I think they should all probably okay. be in the last point. Uh, I know there's some nooms coming out of Boston. Um, obviously, uh, Mineral being out. They've been in need of a GM, Askoff being let go. Uh, I think it dropped today that Pre is going to be heading up Boston's 2023 affairs. Any thoughts there? I generally consider Pre to be a very competent GM from what I've been able to gather mm -hmm. from, you know, outside. Okay. I think... Um, it, like he definitely needs to perform, right? It's like uh, he needs to, and I think he's he's now like he he's probably has enough of enough time to at least establish something. Because like one thing that I learned, and I think that everyone should recognize, is that championship winning teams are not built in one season anymore in this league. Yeah, you need a system that you need to create a funnel, and then eventually you can eat. Rush, Element Mystic, three years, four years down the line, you can win a Champions League, uh, championship. Shock are building it with O2. Krusty, always very active in contenders. Finds these guys, gets the top talent for not top dollar, right? Moon, Team CC stuff. The, the sure. whole, like, fate pre-established stuff going all the way back to apex those uh, establishing facts always bringing back players that he ha has worked with this is it's now a systematic funnel that you need to create in order to be a, an absolute top team and more so than you know an improvement in performance which i think you absolutely have to expect from boston uh, mm -hmm. otherwise it's probably going to be not a success but more so as a boston fan i'd be i'd be interested to see are they building a funnel that could eventually lead to uh, wins? And if not, right. that's then when I, I, I get uh, skeptical. But other than that, yeah, we'll see. Is it wrong to assume that their funnel initially, when you look at year one, year two, was to, you know, create Huck's little bazaar, flip some players, create some turnover, find a couple... You know, mainstay diamonds Boston pieces. Yeah, diamonds. Um, and then it felt like three, four, five was the years that, you know, Boston really tried to like make playoff aspirations and they really didn't seem to land. Is there a world where, and I know maybe 
Kenobi, you can kind of speak to this a little bit more. Um, I, I think there was some recent news with Boston and uh, their academy team kind of, you know, going dark for a little bit. Is there a world where in a very London-esque fashion that, you know, this pipeline begins in your, you know, going into 2023 yeah. and you start to see Boston kind of recuperate and and make some some future playoff aspirations in this growing year? Yeah, I believe in the press release they said they'd be back in for Uprising. Uh, and again? I believe in Uprising Academy in the press release they did say that they were going to come back um, in 2023. Mm. Uh, it was just for this season. Uh, they had okay. really good talent. Like I thought that Arrow and Simple were like really good. Um, they were still because I remember Arrow put out his LFT and they're like, oh yeah, I'm still contracted with the Boston. Simple is also still contracted with Boston. I think they there's a potential that they keep them, but Arrow did put LFT out, so sure. I don't know how that contract. Is. I think Simple should like very just should be on Boston right now, um, unless they're going to be able to get a bag for him. Um, I think he's playing in career right now for like Starlight. Um, but I think for, I think having an academy team, it'll be interesting because there's not that many. Yeah. Um, O2 is the one where it's like, it's like more of a partnership. O2's been its thing, but like, you know, Team CC doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Uh, Guangzhou have theirs uh, playing in Korea. T1 still exists. But beyond yeah. that, there's not a lot. Like, I think that I wonder if this like new you know, resurgence in viewership and resurgence and all that stuff brings some Academy teams back into the Probably not. Um, I mean, yeah. if we're talking about like roster restrictions and, and budgets not necessarily being decided, it, we sure as hell yeah. can't necessarily look at, you know, uh, yeah. contenders being a place where we can spend money. I think I think people want to come back. I think it's very clear that like there is interest in creating this because people are recognizing that there is like intangible value in yeah, creating this, having, but it's like we don't have yeah, money. It's, it's it's obviously yeah, it's like a monetary thing and it always will be. Yeah, yeah. But like having that funnel is like we a lot of the players that we get from like that are the best players that we've had recently are from like Yeah, you don't have are, London without Yeah, you don't have London checking. without Hurricane, you don't have fearless in dallas without team cc sure. you don't have uh dallas without element mystic like a lot of these teams where it's just like yeah mm -hmm. they, they've been they've been on the come up from contenders and um i think there are still teams like that they're just not affiliated with like odyssey yes. for instance i think is a team where it's like you can probably pluck any player from there and be totally good for like the next like two or three. um sure but yeah i'll be interested to see what pre does with uh uprising academy and how that's going to work out yeah, ditto. I think he's definitely. I think he has strong ideas. Um, it's it's very interesting to see what he does with Boston because the the groundwork for this team uh, seems very odd. Uh, I said as much in the preseason that uh, they very very quickly could just become a fully Korean team, and we saw that for a little bit, and then we stopped seeing it, and then we saw that for a little bit, and then we stopped seeing it. Um, so I think again. Bray kind of stands at a crossroads. I think he can do a lot depending on like what the contract structure looks for this team as a whole, like whose options are up, who's still under contract. You know, do you still have the UA guys under under your thumb? If you do, do you, you know, can you bring them up? Is that more feasible? Um, obviously, COVID is like much feet more feasible to kind of work around. So the idea of having a fully green team is definitely still on the table. Um, yeah, I'm 
I think this is a move to be excited about if you're a Boston Uprising fan. I I trust that Cree is going to be able to do some 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 real good things. I think. I think he's. I I can't say that I've ever spoken to him, and I might have to reach out and say hello. But I trust Yeska enough to know who's who's yeah. a good seed and who's a bad seed. So uh, another kind of little bit surprising one for some people: uh, Vancouver to pay out after kind of coming in and having quite a uh, quite a season resurgence for the Vancouver Titans. Uh, did this kind of catch you guys sideways, Kenobi? Does this is this a little weird for you? I don't know what Vancouver is doing. <laughs> I just, I just, I have no idea. Like, yeah, uh, not that I, not that they're like, I have no idea what they're doing in terms of like, this is stupid, but I just don't know like what the, what the plans are from like the top down up, right? Where it's like, mm. I think Deepay is a very good coach and I think he most likely will land back on his feet somewhere in some type of coaching position, but this feels like Vancouver might just completely restruct or restructure next season. Um, uh, I know Massa did retire. Yeah. That's one that happened. And, I, I think they would be smart to like keep some of their pieces, like Aspire, for instance. I think yeah. it's definitely someone who is pretty valuable uh, to that team. But I just I don't know what the direction is of the Vancouver Titans going forward. And probably yeah. when we get more insight into like if there is a new head coach, you know, new like how the new staff looks, that's probably where we find start to figure out like what the direction is for that team. Is uh is is Gunba still under salary? I thought I saw that he was tweeting some something is that that's a yiska question what the, what's yiska? the question is yiska or is gunpa still under contract with florida or is he lft he's uh in negotiation with florida i think okay that's what what okay. the the tweet said i don't have any more insight there gotcha gotcha yeah, yeah i think um <laughs> that would be somebody to keep your eye on i think there's there's some interesting connections there uh at vancouver with broy at the head um Obviously, friend of the show. Uh, Yeska, is DePay's exit something to worry about with Vancouver Titans or something to be excited about for the future? I think it's important to realize that there's a new GM for the Vancouver Titans yep. that didn't have right. the uh, the ability to have a choice in their uh, coach. I think you yep. necessarily have to evaluate the... You, you can't see this in a vacuum before you see whatever Baroy picks up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um. If if you pick up a Korean coach, then that communicates you want a Korean roster, and then like it it changes the entire outlook, right? Mm -hmm. If you if you have someone what is else, Baroy cooking, what is right? He... I think I think they're maybe a little bit more of a leak here, but I think you, we will see a bunch of assistant coaches try to have similar success as uh, Christopher did, you know, stepping from the assistant coach into the main co uh, head coach position and. A lot of successful coaching staffs might, you know, thin out a little bit as people try to step into these head coach positions, right, and to try to like apply themselves there. So maybe there's... can I just do wild speculation on who who I think you're referencing and dance around the wildly bush? speculate? I'm gonna us, wildly so. speculate. Okay, I'm stone facing because I think I think this is somebody who's been like. I have called every year as somebody who like needs to be in charge of a team like tomorrow. I don't know him from anybody else, but with how successful, how how much success he's been around and how long he's been in the scene, I think Kasoris is probably deserving of at least a, a franchise under his thumb, right? 
Um, I, I think a lot of what you're saying kind of fits the bill for him where it's like, okay, well, we've seen, we've seen assistants get promoted. It's about damn time. We start to see more assistants get promoted. You've been around Krusty. You've been around success. You know what success looks like. You've come from contenders. You've been successful there. Why not take a shot? Why not take a chance? Obviously, Face was very successful this year. I think Kasaurus, if he wants to, again, it's difficult to leave the San Francisco shock, but if you have the aspirations to lead your team, influence your vision to, you know, do things under your system or create a system for, you know, your vision of the game, I, I think it's I think it's very, very uh clear. Um to me, at least, that he's one of the names on that short list that definitely could be promoted um, for a team like Vancouver. We'll see. I don't know nothing, but I think I will widely speculate in that area. Um, anybody else? Final thoughts with Vancouver? Mm, we'll see. I think like they, they have a couple of avenues. Of course, like... Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, like, I'm not sure what the budget situation is at Vancouver. Um, but maybe, like, yeah, I think more teams should be able to get some good value pickups. I think they sure. already have some some good pieces, especially Aspire. Aspire's. Oh, yeah, I think Aspire is, is worth his weight in gold right now. Yes. And outside of that, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, I don't know if I want anybody. I think Mirror is an interesting piece to hold on to, or to, at least to consider, but everything else, I'm like, eh. Do I want to keep Aztec? Maybe. Probably not. Depends on, like, what else is on the market. I don't think anybody else is a lock other than Aspire, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, I don't just. I think this is, yeah. this is like, a brand new team coming into next year, um, and I think it's probably for the best, right? I think, I you, think install, he... you install a new GM, they install their people, and you have a coach that's like, okay, well, I have to you know, I have a spire that I have to consider, but like everybody else is like a free pick. Okay, cool. Like I could that even to see, me seems good. I could even see a ton of their players dropping into free agency and not necessarily further being gone, but like mm -hmm. sure. You know, like a smart GM probably realizes that the market situation for these bottom tier teams is now a little bit different and they don't have to yep. pay certain amounts anymore. Um and also once again keep in mind those contract structures are not Baroys. Um, yes. So like there's some incentive for a new GM to come in and like reevaluates the cost spending and whatnot. And that's true for every single new GM. I think that the same is true probably for Pre, who uh might also, you know, reconsider who's being dropped. I could see like uh even them going for a full Korean route. Um so I I think generally speaking, we gotta you you gotta you can't evaluate the meal based on one ingredient. Right. Exactly. Agreed. Unless it's Brussels sprouts, get that shit out of here. <laughs> oh no, you're wrong for that. <laughs> I've never had Brussels sprouts, funnily enough. Uh, any I, other the, the smell any is other just the word. movement that uh, is excitable? Obviously, there's some some early talk about Void maybe being absent. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for official confirmation there. I'm uh, really interested in what Shanghai is gonna do because, well, okay, besides signing, besides throw around a whole lot of money. Sign Choice one sign someone. <laughs> nah, someone. I'm telling you, I'm going to wildly speculate again. If you're telling me that you have proper, you have Violet, you have Finn, 
let's say you want to keep striker and you need a korean main tank that can speak english there is exactly two people in the world that you can afford that's smurf and you're probably not necessarily going to wrestle him away from seoul and there's someone who do you think you're gonna you're, who, you're, who you do you think you're I, gonna purchase you, you know what i think is gonna happen here uh what's that this is just my my i gotta get some ch sort of chinese talk on this uh -huh. podcast. uh leave is gonna go to spark probably yeah mm. i can see that and spark i'm not gonna put faith in them obviously because it's spark so like whatever but like if that dps line is leave and shy fucking wrap it up bro i mean, I mean that's like that's like fantasy world cup like I literally just like i, I don't know it's like just, just yeah that's that's fucking nuts. wrap it up bro they're gonna be very good until they eventually are not very good and they just like shit the bed for like 14 straight games but like you know there's there's yeah. worlds where you can make spark and i think this has been a long time coming in a narrative that kenobi specifically has been like parroting for a while is like you can make spark a fully chinese team and they're probably way more successful it's very clear they have the money for it and they it's do. like the anime money from billy billy they, they have the money for it they have the the infrastructure for it in terms of like players on their team you have super rich you have gusha you have pineapple who i think is like a little slept on it is a useful role player and shy who he probably doesn't you know get benched ever so like if you add in leave they're you're only a couple pieces away from just being fully chinese and at that point you're probably going to be more successful long term more consistent but you've got a whole lot of players left to just like toss around to the highest bidder that are you know yeah. alpha -y, you know, people of these natures so i definitely possible i have an inflammatory take once again zero juice just okay i uh, really zero juice here is my plea to crusty because you hold the faker moment in your hands and i implore <laughs> you let go of the training weights that is having to sign american players please i beg you get him <laughs> oh, yeah. get him out sign max that's fine get get someone instead if you can yeah uh, like he's saying i mean they're gonna get he's saying get he's saying and then finn don't don't do it don't don't load up on a player that's just you know either like not going to have that potential you you mm. got the, the you got the golden egg you you can't just like i think waste it I think they keep. They should keep Kaluge. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be real with you for a moment. If they're if they're gonna sign Max, they should keep Kaluge. Like they should keep their off tank player. Yeah, and, and th I, yeah, I and don't. then get Nevix. Yeah, yeah. Unironically, like good enough to start, but not on this team. It's not. Yeah. It, is good enough. Kaluge would be good enough to start on on most off tanks. I would say, like skill wise, probably, but. How how much longer are we gonna like torture the shock into playing with the one English speaker? Yeah, I mean, they won you are you are hurting it. yourself. <laughs> they won two championships with some of the most talented roster, like the talent yeah, yeah, dense yeah. rosters that we've ever seen. Yes, along yes. with a coach that was ahead of his time. Like, yeah, yes. of course they did it then, but like. We gotta stop. I mean, you like, can't, but I, I think that I think that unless you are a unicorn, I think that playing solo tank is is, is not good. I think you need no, to. No, obviously, one hundred percent. But like, even and I don't know same... if there's I, is there any other like other tank that's like not Kaluge who's like in the system already and seems to have good rapport with the other players. Like, are you really going to get anyone that's better? Super. At it. Yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>
Super. Super. Uh, maybe yeah, okay. well, that would be that would be funny. That would be interesting. It'd probably help a lot. It'd, it'd be. <laughs> um, Fuck it. But if that's where we're going, then like I, just... I genuinely don't even know. I I I don't I don't know if that actually. On paper, it seems like it would, but I don't know how that works. I mean, I think I think Iska's right. They should just sign a lot of the O2 talent and just get yeah, go fully Korean. Adopt what I've been trying to parrot forever. Like single language in this game is superior, unless you are like meticulous in who you're acquiring. Yeah, <laughs> both from the coaching staff and from the player side, you don't need another Valiant from season one. Those who know know. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, what if they sign Top Dragon? Ha. Betty White, shout I, out. I, I don't think I don't think they need him. <laughs> yeah, something tells me they don't need him. I don't know why him. I keep thinking Top Dragon is a tank, but he's just not. Nope. I um, also. Yeah. Drop Kilo. Yeah, he's gotta go. No, he's my go. boy, he's so. He can cool. have he can have a renaissance on some mid tier team. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's let fine, him really. let him join New York and replace their captain Flora, <laughs> and he'll be great. Um. <sighs> No, yeah, Chalk probably needs to drop a couple couple people, but regardless. Um, before we exit, I feel like it would be remiss to not give some sloppy toppy to the newest hero. Speaking of Top Dragon. Right. Um, Ramatra is now in the... Well, I guess not now, but... Um, is the newest Overwatch hero. Thoughts? Opinions? Apparently, Iska's been on his hand fetish shit again, so there's that. Why? He's sick as fuck. Like, I, oh. honestly, like he he looks very his his origin story thing was like very good. It was like yeah. the, it's the best one that I think they've made since the Sigma one because I think the Sigma one's probably the yes. best one they've ever made. And this was that's like, the very that close I would say that. that's the most like artistic one that's kind of challenged what Overwatch is, and it's not just like boy howdy we're just yeah. gonna save the world and it's like yeah. oh, oh yeah, this yeah. is a little bit more gritty this is a little bit more dark there's some there's some depths to this it's not just you know superman versus you know yeah the, the single one was like so fucking good and i think that's like the pinnacle of what we yeah. have for like hero teasers this was like a close second i think this is like very good it's a good um it's a good tie-in to like hopefully because i think they said that like they Ramatra's head of like Null Sector and Null Sector's like the the big baddie Omnix. I don't fucking know. So probably, I, I I I know a little bit about the lore. Um, Hell yeah! But he he looks at least from like that perspective of the lore. Ten out of ten, A plus. Sound design on the trailer, fucking sick. Super Voice, sick. fucking sick. If he's gonna be fucking hanging around with Zenyatta, fucking sick. Because you'll get Zenyatta lore. Uh, the fact that we learned that Omnics are like finite and they don't like ever reproduce, fucking sick. Uh, that's cool. Which and then, I mean, okay, pause there for a second. Is that like news to anybody? I don't know. I I didn't. Is know that is that did that blow off anybody's socks? That's like no shit. The robots don't reproduce. How would well, they? Well, well, they can't make anymore. That's the thing. Oh yeah. Like I mean, you isn't that like just, the whole bad can... thing? Well, no, like, you can usually like Omnix bad boo. Yeah, but like usually, I mean, usually you can just make more, but you can't, I guess, for Omnix. Huh. Somehow I think that's gonna get uh, uh, question. Anyway, in terms of like what they they've like shown like some like very mm -hmm. basic screens in like an article. Yeah, 
his like his nemesis form where i guess he's just uh he fucking what's the demon hunter thing that they do joe they met oh they metamorphosis yeah it's basically just that looks cool i like that he has a fucking staff yeah it'll be interesting because it sounds like early reports are that he has like two modes he's omnic jesus uh, aren't great i'm a little worried when it comes to multiple mode characters uh but obviously details are the devil um looks cool though we'll we'll echo that point looks super sick the arena was very very excited when uh that happened the statue that they have looks very cool so cool um again it's it's another one of those shot in the arms that we've had we've been, we've been waiting for for a long time is you know this uptick of content right <clears throat> and to see you know that not only does it still have that same blizzard quality polish but it looks really really cool and hopefully it's super fun to play uh yiska any any thoughts from the online viewer perspective were you excited was it was it cool i mean yeah uh kind of new um as you as you might be able to tell by me yeah, having yeah, yeah. one of the worst puns in overwatch history possibly with Ra and then uh, yeah, Mister X Ra. in the middle. And yeah, then... I I'm not gonna lie, I, that, that went right over my head. I was like, huh? I saw it, I saw it the first time, and then I was like, oh. And then I saw it like after he got renounced. I was like, oh, I hate Yiska. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but yeah, the origin stories, I I, I vibe with it. Like that's just mm-hmm. a cool one. I generally like the. The idea, like I, I like Omni characters more than sure. probably just about any uh, regular Overwatch character. Um, vibe with Zen and lots, and um, definitely like and Bastion. You love Bastion. You you only play. Uh, Bastion, that's right? a basic, basic ass bitch. I don't know, like <laughs> <laughs> no personality. Um, I also didn't you don't like, like the, when it beeps. I also, boops? yeah, I, I, I didn't even is like the show. Is Omni or? That's a great Oh question. yeah, she is. No, she is because she's like a recommissioned uh Right. Ah, right, right, right. O- yeah, OR15, yeah. I think it was yeah. what they're called. Mm. I think Why do I know that? <laughs> yeah, I think um the origin story is really cool. I think the design is pog. Like the ideas there. Like I think like when I interviewed Gunba, he said like a lot of those characters are like overdesigned. I just from as a gameplay experience I disagree. I I really like I liked the trends that um like Riot went with League in terms of like making these characters a little extra like going fucking bonkers, especially like Felios and you know these types of characters are actually my shit. Um yeah. So I think like having those like the two limb get it like tank mode um I think the ultimate is cool. Um. Yeah, I I think generally speaking, that's that's probably going to be a really interesting hero. Um, and just from a from a lore perspective and how it aesthetically looks, it's pretty nice. I will say, and this this sent me. You know, I've a, a thing for hands. Okay, I like if Why you follow my, if, if you follow my Twitter, you already know, but. Apparently, it's a thing that the normal mode of Ramatra has five hands, so like, you know, humanoid hands, 
Five fingers, or four fingers and a thumb. Oh, you, you Americans differentiate between fingers and thumbs. You, you're very smart. And then um, in the, the tank mode, so the extra limbs that he can gets when... Nemesis mode, get it nemesis right. Nemesis mode, yes. Yes, 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 nemesis. That asshole loses a finger. Yeah, because they're a different set of, like... Well, cause, it's cause a different it's, set it's, of it's arms. Different, yeah, it's a different set of hands. Yeah. And... Yeah. They're well, bigger. I mean, I it's know. bigger. You know, you have less use of digits. Like, I don't I know. Figure it out. Magic. Staff. Okay. Uh, why three toes? And what? Joe, what does he have two of? Eyes. No, he has more. Oh, he actually does have two eyes. Right. He has two legs. Two legs, two arms. I guess four sets. He has two sets of two. Well, okay, but. He, uh, it must be something that's irregular, you know? Uh-huh. I hate where you're going with this. I really <laughs> do. I, 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 you're thinking it. The internet You're doesn't. thinking it. I know what you're trying to do here, and I just, right. I, I will not. May, maybe, maybe he's a shark. Maybe okay. he's That's a all shark. I'm saying. Maybe. Maybe. There's, there's some cork screwing going on. Or a stingray. On. We'll see. That's tactical crouch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're not too far off base. Uh, we have been going a little long in the tooth. Ramatra is exciting. We will we will go into the details when the kit gets officially released and we can really get our hands on it. Um, but uh, 269 is definitely wrapping up. But since I didn't do it last time and I do feel a little bit guilty, Kenobi, where can people find you? What's going on? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, thank you for giving me the... He reminded me at playoffs. He's like, hey, you never let me like shout out my shit. I'm like, no, I was like, right. that was like, that was like way after. Or not way after. That was like <laughs> was two days after we, we filmed. Oh, whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, in voice, I remember yeah. you complained loudly and were quite obnoxious about it. Yeah, go I on. So Can you promote yourself? <laughs> I, was so, I can't believe that Volumel just completely ghosted me in my ability. Oh, don't show my Twitter. Uh... Well, okay, I guess, yeah, you can, at KenobiCast, that's my Twitter, you can find me there. Uh, Contenders is starting up again soon for NA and EU uh, on the 28th of November, so definitely keep a lookout for that. There's also maybe some collegiate stuff happening. I don't know. Potentially. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, also, if you aren't watching Korean Contenders right now, get the fuck on that, because it... Oh, true. Uh, just always, you know, support Tier 2. Run it back. support Tier 2. Oh, keep watching, true. run it back. We there was actually a video like a hype video that was in the arena and it was really sick to to see that so yeah uh, keep following contenders I've also started writing a couple of fluff pieces about story stuff Wow Eric already did, Wow Eric didn't follow Ooh, me I can't believe it That's shocking. unreal Exposed That's on air unreal. Self report <laughs> Anyway yeah uh, I write a couple of story things on Medium you know just here and there so you enjoy that stuff uh go ahead and read it i wrote one about fearless yeah oh, that's yeah. what i'm doing all righty yes guy outside of rim world i'm actually what's on your agenda i'm i'm kind of kind of off at the moment i'm on holiday oh, I'm, okay. I'm going to go some clothes shopping tomorrow and then i'm oh, some clothes i'm going to a real barber and maybe i'll get a oh. massage and then go for a walk are you gonna uh, go to turkish barber um yeah i think so i think it's a turkish Hell, yeah i'm i'm going to absolutely have my eyebrows obliterated by a string uh you know like a yarn oh uh, they just like yeah yeah I, I don't know if you have ever had it like they do the weird scissor thing scissor hell no oof like with with a yarn they take they 
put it into like a scissor form and then they keep ripping out your eyebrows. That's uh, that's an experience. Yeah, anyone who hasn't been to a Turkish barber, if you ever get the chance to do it, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm mainly going what? for the ability to form form a beard uh, coherently. <laughs> and mm. uh, otherwise, like, I'll be back next week. What I want to do in this off-season is, as far as it's possible, I, A, want to interview players that have been released into uh, free, agency free agency that want to talk about their past season and want to talk about their new season and sort of, like, maybe frame a little bit uh, the narrative that they experienced and I want to look into the minds of those. I want to, and there's there's some conflict of interest for the um, for the GMs there. They probably don't want to give away their hand, especially early in the off season. But eventually, we'll have GM interviews. Just give you an insight. What what are the the factors in building these rosters as they're coming up? Of course, like I'll try to continue doing the roster reporting, as in like X has joined X team. Um, and here are a couple of anonymous comments from the new team as to why we jo- uh, they uh, we signed them as far as that's possible. Um, and yeah, there's there's a couple of other things I'm working on, but yeah, like, you know, like a busy busy end of the year for sure. Fair play. Alrighty, I think that's gonna be it for us. Whoa, 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 whoa. what about you, Joe? Where can people find you? Where can people find me if you want flowery garbage written? Uh, check out my Twitter. That's if not, not that's cool. Don't it's care. Good. Damn. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, you should love yeah. yourself more. I trust me. I do. Don't worry. Um, yeah. When? What's How what's often? what's there more to say? Where? Uh, that's no, that's for you to never find out, and for the folks at home to also. Never find out. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, Grand Finals was fun. Uh, I'm bored as shit. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we're gonna do some stuff. We'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Um, 270 coming in. We're going to do some contender stuff sooner or later. Um, so if you're into that, stay tuned. So yeah, uh, love your faces. Thanks for supporting the show. Go download us on iTunes. Apparently that helps out a lot. Go do that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Shout out to the Patreon subs. Shout out to the YouTube our partner members, whatever the hell they call you <laughs> these days. Uh, thank you for supporting the show. Um, and we'll see you in 270. Good night. Peace.